to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, Episode 2 of the 2015 NFL Offseason. This is Show 166, and we got a doozy for you guys tonight. We took a week off, which was a great, great to step away for a little bit, but we're psyched to be back recording these shows for you. Uh, we are... Doing it all off-season, as you know. So this show is going to be off-season strategy uh, part two. We did one about three podcasts ago. This is going to be part two. and This is kind of a springtime to-dos, off-season preparation. We'll try not to be too redundant with any of the points we made last time. Uh, and We're going to go deeper to some other ones that we really like as well. So during the off-season, we like to give you the strategy. And we is, as usual, to my left, I've got Houdini across the way. i got Stag Party. Dogmatica to my right. I'm D-Rex, we are Pyromaniac.com, and uh, what do you guys think? We're going to talk about some, um, you know, combine action, we watched that, good times, obviously important Two stuff. hours on Jameis Winston, Two, go. Yeah, oh gee. I, it, <laughs> it sounds like the, the new, actual NFL Network coverage, if you ask me. The new love, the new love affair uh, moved from uh, your De- DeMarco to your uh, Jameis Winston. I just want to know, was it when you saw him do the shoulder stretch? Is that when you just like lost it for him? No, that, that, that was insane. That was so somebody was showing me that, and it was just like, that. that's pretty How ridiculous. How is that even possible? Like, I have no idea. It double jointed. I, I don't care what it is, but it proves that he can He's probably throw from all angles. I mean... <laughs> he could probably get out of a straitjacket, too. <laughs> I think he already has once, once or twice. <laughs> Oh, he's mad. I got him. He's, he's, he's Winston's little protector. It's cute. I like it. You're, you're a good guy. I, I, I you're take good, him over good. any quarterback in the draft, and I'd also take him over some guy named Jake Cutler, who we have in town, so don't, so don't act like you wouldn't. Who wouldn't Who wouldn't take him over that guy? Uh, although, did you hear Dan Hampton today said, if the Bears had, if 85 Bears had had Jake Cutler, uh, they would have won five Super Bowls. So, there you go. I don't know if he was drinking with Cutler or what. what, what I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, something's going on. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about uh, the Combine. We're going to discuss a little bit about, obviously, offseason. And then at the end, in, in some some quick pieces, uh, we started working on the draft kit for 2015. And we'll give you some updates on that. And just, guys, get everyone excited on the offseason. Uh, we get going real early uh, on content. There's no, there's no offseason here at Pyro. So, well, what did you, other than, you know, let's put Winston on the shelf for a minute, Stag Party. And Why? Just for a second. You can come back to he's him. Pick number one. That means he's number one in all our minds and number one in all our hearts, San Diego. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he is in love with that You guy. are. Oh, good stuff. Not, not really. It's the Hyper Bowl that was going on this weekend in terms of NFL Network coverage towards Jameis and towards Mariota was quite, you know, the show. That was, you know, one of the big storylines, and they blew it up out of proportion. Even though there were some notable uh, other quarterbacks pre- uh, performing very well, like uh, Brett Hunt, so he needs to be lumped in as that third kind of guy in this group right now. And you know, we'll kind of see how it shakes out for the actual draft. But uh, I think it's Jameis's spot to lose number one. Guys, well, don't see just, you in Tampa Bay, dude. Good luck with the move. It's zero degrees outside right now, so I'm all for it. You're all for Tampa. Tampa. <laughs> a, see you later. Epicenter of strip clubs. More girls are from Tampa that work at strip clubs than any other city. That's where Hooters started. There you go. There you go. And, you know, I, you hear this 
it's, it's seemingly every year. I know it's not every year, but it's at least every other year, every second, third year. This guy's the greatest since this. This guy's the greatest since that. And how many times does it work out? I'd say one half. No, not, 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 half, not, not, even, half. not even close to half. Do I do I think Winston will be a, a good quarterback in the NFL? Sure. I think it'll take him some time. Um, I think that what he did in college um, on the field was, I mean, the comebacks and just being able to, to win at a consistent rate means more, I think, than a lot of this other junk that goes on. Um, the fact that he can win, that's the big thing. The fact that he knows how to win. Um, if, if that translates to wins in Tampa, awesome. I just don't see him being an all-star, all-world, all-pro quarterback you know, in the future. He's, he didn't look that good in my mind, in my eye. Watching his college games, it just didn't it didn't show for me as much as it. I don't know. Obviously, it's for you, Stagbert. Well, I I will say this: I'm I'm in between you guys, so I think he looks impressive, and I and I do like what I see on film from him. The biggest question for me is is, is his maturity. You listen to him talk, and every time that he talked at the combine, I was impressed. So it it strengthened my you know feeling more confident in him. Now, where I get concerned about is if it, is it Tampa Bay? Because if it is Tampa Bay. He's going to Lovey Smith, a guy who's like never hardly, uh, you know, coached a good quarterback or a good offense in his career. So the benefit that he does have there is Mike Evans. But number one, don't expect anything in their first year anyway. I mean, every great quarterback has always struggled in their first year. The best of that we've ever seen was Andrew Luck. Yeah. And that was a guy that uh, had all the mechanics and everything and was, you know, he was the second coming. Yeah. There, yeah, there was, was no doubt about that. He was. And another thing that I think was important to go on with what you were talking about with just how impressed he, I walked away with the way he spoke and just his demeanor. It was when he was sitting next to uh, Mariota after their workout and they were getting interviewed by the guys in the NFL. We were talking about that, yeah. Mariota did not look like a leader of men. He looked sheepish. He was kind of like, you know, real real timid and, uh, you know, what's his name? Jiving with them and going, what up? What's going on? We're going champ. We're going to be champ. He just sound, looked like the kind of guy that could be, you could rally around and could lead an offense at another level where I think I could really see the other fella uh, being a bust. He, he just didn't have that composure and that, that, uh, that charm. Instinct he didn't have anything. that charm. You know? it's, it's an it Charisma. factor. You know, it just surrounds all these good quarterbacks. And Andrew looks a little different in that he's very well spoken and doesn't like to talk as much. But when he talks, he knows what he's saying and he's very deliberate and to the point. And Jameis kind of had a little bit of that to him. And you know, he went out and proved that he sort of has all the confidence in the world. And, you know, about that picture D-Rex was huffing and puffing about, he said, I know I look good. <laughs> you know, and that kind of charisma and that kind of, you know, charm and leadership is something that's going to help him when he when he gets to the next level. And Well, I also... I there, there's, a, there's a twinkle in your eye every time you, you talk. Really like this to guy. my contacts coming. He reminds me, here's what I'm going to say I think he is. His ceiling is Donovan McNabb. His floor is Achilles Smith. Possible. Well, that's the biggest range I've ever had. <laughs> that's a pretty good range. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think he's going to be a Donovan McNabb. I think he's going to have a good career. I think he's going to win uh, games. But we already saw uh, him run the 40. He's not going to run the ball that Yeah, that's true. But the thing is, you know, a lot of guys who are getting hyped for running the ball, you know, Blake Bortles finished, what, fourth in rushing yards mm-hmm. among quarterbacks, and their, you know, 40 times pretty much exactly the same. Both of them four nines. So you don't really have to worry about that. It's just how he works around in the pocket. And, you know, he's very good at doing that. Uh, 
uh, just moving around the rush and just for our listening audience, uh, Stag's left hand is moving around his pocket right now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Probably four Val times. Valverde. Four times faster. What the hell, your It's so good. <laughs> but uh, you know about Dog's point about being an All Pro. You know, he might not be an all pro, but will probably be a pro bowl player. I mean, seeing as how Andy Dalton was a pro bowler. So <laughs> that's not saying too much nowadays. But all pro, he might never reach that ceiling. But to have a top 10 quarterback potentially in the you know NFL for Tampa Bay, I think that's a shot you're going to have to take. Nice. Well, the other guy that was huge that came away with more, I mean, more than anyone, benefited from offensively and in fantasy minds, uh, Kevin Smith. Uh, White? Kevin, Kevin White. White. Sorry, Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy from... The guy from uh, so that guy yeah, that works? Uh, uh, like but there was a Kevin, Kevin Smith. Smith. Sorry, Bob. Kevin White. That dude... Oh, my God. He looks insane. He does He look looks insane. insane. I mean, dog, did he smile... He was all business. All business. All business all day. Uh, tell me, tell me uh, what he uh, took one, away One from. of those catches that I saw him make um, over the shoulder, uh, where you were just running a deep pattern, you have to be looking back over your shoulder some... He reached out and grabbed a ball that, I mean, first of all, it's a, it's a tough catch to make in the first place, even if it's a perfect pass. I can tell you from you know, first-hand experience, I had to run fly patterns all the time on, on, on our football yeah, yeah, team. Yeah. And catching something over the shoulder like that, when you're running full speed, the, your eyes go up and down and your vision goes up and down with the ball. To be able to pinpoint the and ball and grab window. it in your hands precisely every time is nearly impossible to do. He does it so perfectly every time. I've never seen anything like it. And they, his were criti- speed. they were criticizing him on the one catch you're talking about where he literally caught it like below the waist. It had gone over and it was like that. Yeah. And they were like, well, he's got to use his size and go up for it higher. It's like, give me a break. That was the sickest catch I've seen in all yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, but they were criticizing him on that catch because that's not using your body. But that's not what that drill is. The drill is... Get it in your basket. I mean, just Andrew's the, gonna hate. And, and you also got to have a quarterback's <laughs> got to make a good throw. Andrew's gonna hate from dog. I love it. Val Verde gonna hate. Val Verde. Sweetheart, watch out for this guy. He'll buy you a bottle of beer and squeeze the schlitz out of you. Know? He's <laughs> my friend. Don't worry about it. I love Schlitz. That beer, man. You want to know something about Schlitz? Quickly, I'll do it. The whole family uh, broke. They sold out for like $700 million, uh, back in the early uh, th- uh, 90s, and they had a ton of money uh, from the sale. The whole family just lavishly spent. Essentially, the whole family's broke. The, sh- awesome. the original Schlitz family. Poor, poor people from... Uh, well, from Schlitz. Riches to rags. But they got a lot of beer to drink. They can drink their sorrows away with some, some of that stuff. They, they turned into the Elsinore family. What's that? From Strange Brew. Oh, and I like it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been partying with a lot of ex-basketball players. Could be. Um, all right, what else? I mean, let's talk about White a little bit. I think he put himself as a top-four pick. Maybe even somebody's going to trade up. And I mean, he's he's got he looks like to me a hybrid of uh, well, let's of, of, of Sterling Sharp uh, slash uh, Terrell Owens slash even Des Bryant, but bigger. Well, let's oh, let's compare and contrast them because the other guy coming in was Amari Cooper, and I didn't really. Was not that impressed from what I saw from Cooper. In, in, in he was good. He was good. But he was, he did what he needed page. to do, but he he wasn't like where Kevin White was just putting everything on the line on, on everything. Yeah. He was just kind of coasting through it. 
I, the I, thing I, is, Amari I, Cooper's a consummate professional who doesn't need to show up like that. He ran a 4-4-2, which is better than anybody thought he was going to. Yeah. They thought he was going to be in the 4-8 to 4-5 range, and he exceeded those expectations. And the thing is, the guy's just a solid, pristine route runner, and he does the little things in practice, and he practices hard. This is one of the, the guys, they say, who shows up to the building early and is the last guy to leave. So he's going to be a leader. you know. Is he a top-10 pick still? Yeah, he's probably a top-10 pick. There's... He he was never going to be the greatest athlete. He was more of he's more of that lost sort of possession receiver. He's like AJ, uh, it's like kind of like a few years ago with AJ Green and, and JJ uh, and and Julio yeah. Jones. Yeah, uh, these guys are they're similar. Where it, Green was taken fourth and Jones sixth, but Jones skyrocketed up and you know it was, it was close. And he's that freak athlete with crazy size and weight and yeah. you know a decent speed combination that kind of White has. But the, th- the thing with White that scares me is he popped out of nowhere pretty much this year. Uh, before that, he was pretty much, you know... Yeah, but he offense. was playing at West Virginia where we've just had a glut of wide receivers in the NFL come out of him. The and they've got years. another guy that's in this draft. That they got another great wide receiver on the team. But he excelled and, and became better. At the beginning of the season, I forget the other player's name, but he was like one of the top wide receivers in the country. And then all of a sudden, uh, White out of nowhere is just like... Lighting it up. I mean, he had so many huge games this year. It was incredible. One of the things about one of the things about uh, Amari is that he's a game day guy. Uh, you put him on the field, you get the ball in his hands, and he's going to make things happen. You can't you can't gauge that in these combines. You know, you can't gauge that in, in you know in the talks. Right. Yeah, you have to watch him on film and watch what he does on the field. There are certain guys that just do that. Justin Blackman sticks out to me. You know, I mean, obviously off the field problems. You know, it wasn't. Uh, great in interviews, if I remember correctly. Um, some of his measurables didn't quite measure up. Um, but, wow, you watch him on that field. He gets it done. Cooper's one of those type of guys. That's, he's going to get it done for whatever team he goes to. I, I, just, I hope the Raiders don't ruin him. Yeah. I, that's yeah. why I'm hoping he drops. Uh, you know, there's teams in the 10 to 12 range that all need quarterbacks uh, or all need wide receivers, Minnesota being one, uh, the Browns, and... Someone else. So they all need wide receivers. So those are going to be good options for them to go. And, you know, whoever, they're all going to have a pick of some pretty nice receivers to fill a, to fill a pretty good You know what, though, the difference between those teams and Oakland, I don't think there's that much difference when you're looking at the quarterbacks between Cleveland, Minnesota, Oakland. I think you're all in the I same I think you're underestimating think, Teddy B. I like Teddy Bridgewater, I but I think you might underestimate Derek And I think you're underestimating Derek Carr. Because Derek Carr is going to be a lot better than he was last year, too, if he actually has a number one weapon. Yeah, Carr is going to be great. And uh, Oakland just came out. They're going to make a real hard push at Randall well, Cobb, well, which yeah. would be huge. If they if they pair Cooper and Cobb together. And when you got a Latavius. And that's what they need. Here the was a question season. on Facebook. This was a question on Facebook about uh, what's Amari Cooper if he goes to Oakland and he's the number one receiver. Where does that put his value? I like it a lot better if it's a Randall Cobb Absolutely. comes over. You need someone to take pressure off and let the rookie be a rookie and not have to be double covered and be the center of attention yep. in his first season. I don't think, to be honest, though, I, I think it's looking more like White would go to Oakland at that four pick. And I think Cooper, I think while he might be a top ten pick, I don't see uh, Jack Del Rio and that team spending that high of a pick on Amare at this point. I just don't think he did enough. Do you agree? Or you I, no, I, 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 I actually, I got to disagree. I think it's sometimes that there's going to be GMs out there. There's going to be owners and stuff out there who will take this combine, the combine numbers and say, eh, it wasn't quite exactly what I thought out of him. Let's drop him down a few spots. But then there's others that 
like I said, they've watched the tape. Yeah. They've watched him play. They've gone to games and seen him play. And that over that trumps everything. Right. And, and that'll do it for many GMs and many others who are probably already stuck on, that's who we want with that pick. I don't care what the fuck he does in that combine. That's who we want with that pick. I think Oakland's that type of team that gets enamored with a certain player and they'll just go with it. They used to. I'm not sure that this team used is that same kind of thing. Jack Del Rio is a steady, kind of heady, you know, very... He's a defense guy, too. Yeah, he's he's, he's very even-keeled. So I don't think he's going to be as swayed by a Darius Hayward Bay 4-3. How much much, uh, say say is he going to have in this, for real? I mean, new time, you know, new coach in the the system there, and a whole new offense. New Davis. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the offense has got to do a little revamping. They definitely need receivers. They're not... He's not going to say, you know what, I want defensive guys. Well, here's the other thing. They've done, like you said, they've done all this homework beforehand. The scouting combine is more for people like us to finally get a chance to see these guys that we don't always get a chance to see. Mm -hmm. And, you know, don't don't read too much into it. It, it, What it can do is it can help a guy. You know, it can hurt a guy maybe a little bit who can slide down a little bit. Like my my, my boy Brandon Sheriff, he had a slight uh, hamstring pull he came out with, so... But luckily, it's still early. But you know, should be fine. But yeah, it should be. You know, but no one came. No one got majorly hurt. So that was that was one thing. Mm-hmm. You just want to see. Does a guy? You know, things that were that showed up. I, I, one of the just overriding things was I, this class of tight ends was weak. Yeah. No yeah. speed at the, the tight end for the most part. You only had two guys that were like sub four seven. Yeah. Um, let's know. talk about another. Let's talk about some other guys that that popped out at us. You know, I know that uh, you had a guy. Yeah, I, I really like the guy from Georgia. Uh, let, let, last thing, real quick yeah, on, yeah. on the whole white of, yeah, yeah. Uh, versus Cooper thing. Um, another thing that kind of goes under the radar a little bit that doesn't get talked about is how big your hands are. Small hands um, are are a tough thing to have as a wide receiver. You know. To, with the way that a lot of these quarterbacks throw balls nowadays and with the hits that you're taking, you got to be able to hold on to that ball. Cooper has giant hands. He has 10-inch hands. I mean, t- that's ten inch hits. those are huge. Yep. Okay, comparatively to, uh, you know, most of the other guys. Kevin White, White is nine and a quarter. Nine and a quarter, all right? And he's got two inches on him in height, but he's got a lot smaller hands. The, I know it's not the biggest thing, but if you're talking about, hey, if we're going to take this guy or this guy at this spot, yeah, this guy ran a tiny bit faster than the comment. Sometimes the hands actually do make a difference. Yeah. You know, so I, I, that's that's a, a I just wanted to mention that, that all the little intangibles got to be looked at, not just was it a 4-4-2-40 or 4-3-7-40. You're talking about five hundredths of a second. Yeah. Not that huge of a deal, but when you're talking about something you can't change, the size of somebody's hands, that kind of makes a difference. Cool. I agree. The kid from um, Georgia... Uh, big boy, another six three dude. I'm buying in on here. You can't be small and be an effective. Uh, Chris Conley. What? Chris Conley from Georgia. Man, that guy. He had one pretty bad drop uh, and like one little breakdown, but man, he just looked like a man amongst boys. He he looked big out there. He looked strong. He looked fast. He was doing incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, I just really liked what he he looked like to me. Uh, I don't know. He was like a Demarius Thomas esque kind of guy. He could maybe. jump out of the yeah. Forty-five inch viral picture of him. Eleven seven. Eleven seven broad drop. That is insanity. Except yeah. Jared McKinnon's at twelve foot to, last year. Really? How about that DB today? Who set the sick athlete? Uh, broad jump record from UConn. Twelve four or twelve six. Man, set the com all time combine record and just jumped out of. And then, like, another 45-inch vert, just absolutely insane. So, 
props to the uh, defensive side of the ball for once. Yeah. They yeah. don't give too many of them, especially uh, right now, you know, combine time. But there was <laughs> there was some pretty impressive uh, performances today. Uh, oh, we're recording on Monday this week. Yeah, so. this is a Monday. Uh, good times. We're bringing it Combine's together. Combine's just wrapping up. People are starting to, you know, fly out of Indy and probably go anywhere else where it's warmer. Well, what's the story that is catching buzz today with Adrian Peterson's agent uh, getting in a fight with the Vikings over the weekend um, in management, I guess the GM or one of the guys, vice president of football, assistant GM. Looks like, as I, I kind of figured, because they, I did, don't like the way they treated Adrian Peterson with that whole thing. I mean, he's basically forcing their hand. He's gone. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I mean, at, at this point, the only way it was going to come back was, I think, if anything, everything ran smoothly. And it obviously isn't. So, I mean, just the fact that anything's gone wrong at this point in time, you, you got to think that he's got to be gone. He should be gone. I mean, this was the whole. This was the thing I thought it made sense. It, it seemed like everything that the Vikings organization did at the end of last season was basically saying you're not playing for us anymore. Absolutely. And if maybe this is like a type of thing that that is the catalyst that allows them to finally make that trade and then to get a, a, a real booty in return. Go for it. You have a young team right now. If you can stockpile some draft picks and a couple uh, younger players, to, to, and you can get that for Peterson. And you have, uh, you know, a McKinnon who you just mentioned and uh, Asiata. There's, there's, there's an okay core there for a young team at, at the running back position without AP. And he's got to go back. Worthy, he's got to go back to Dallas. So it's the 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 the, the payback for the Herschel Walker trade. Right. Right. I yeah. mean. <laughs> it, it, do you think there's any way that, that uh, Jerry Jones doesn't go and get that? Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways he doesn't go and get it, but I think there's one way he does. And, you know, who knows whether it's going to be a release now or a trade. Uh, that's going to be the real big question. Uh, you know, I think he's AP looking... will have to re, re, restructure, for sure. Or yeah, if he gets cut out. Dallas has never had a good <laughs> cap situation. They're restructured every year. So. Yeah, but they're gonna they're gonna franchise tag Des Bryant, and they're gonna then they can release Demarco Murray, and then they can trade and they can trade away something. Look, they're gonna have to in, in the trade you give away some of your bad salary cap hit. You, know, you think in that to, trade it is a sign and trade with Demarco probably or no? That's not that no, you can't do sign and trades in the NFL. Okay. So. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's not allowed. But I, I mean, it, <laughs> sorry, <NBA laughs> lovers. It, 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 I don't know. It's this is something that's really got to be watched. Uh, Jerry Jones is pretty much capable of anything. And it usually doesn't go very well for him, but I, I don't know. It, it, it could happen. I, I'm dreaming. This is the stuff of fantasy football dreams. It really is. Like, yeah. He immediately skyrockets to the top player on the board. Without, without question. Should he end up in Dallas? And we taking a year off and chilling. I like it a lot more than Demarco Murray's 400 carries this season. With a chip on his shoulder. With a chip on his shoulder. Lost a year of stats towards his all-time records that I know he wants. Uh, he, he's probably go taking a pay cut wherever he goes. Uh, even if he stays wherever bit, he goes, yeah. he's going to take a pay. He's going to be pissed. He's going to be taking it out. And we know you never, you never. Whenever somebody's judging or not thinking that AP can do it, is when he just throws up two thousand yard season. For me, he's already. Even if he stays in in Indy or in uh, sorry in uh, Minnesota, he's he's my he's my number one guy. He was my number one player last year on the on the. You know why I'm going through this whole thing, Nikki? For my kids, that's why. That's the greatest love in the world, your kids. You can't beat it, all right? That's why you do things for your kids. That's love with your kid. Hey, see what I mean? See that man over there with his kid? 
That's love. You know what I mean? Look where he loves the kid there. He's bounced him on his knees. Look at that. That's love, baby. I tell you that. There he is, Look at Marty. that, Nicky. Oh, thank goodness he's all right. Martin, Martin, you're What's all right. What's going on? I'm sitting here minding my business. He jumped on my lap. Get away from my All head. right, everybody calm down. Uh, do you have some identification, sir? It's in my other raincoat. I tell sir, you Sir, I want you to come along with me. Fix that out right now. Oh, yeah. Bell, oh, there it is. Bell, there it is. <laughs> receivers who had you know impressive days another Beckham how about that Dorian yeah. Green Beckham he measured in within a pound of Calvin Johnson uh and you know was the full 6'5 they thought he was yeah and he's a little taller isn't he than, than Calvin no? I think it's pretty much no, exactly yeah, it's, the same. that's exactly even actually uh and he did have smaller hands which was sort of surprising but the things I've seen that guy do you know two years ago on the field and just being able to haul in touchdowns is going to be a big thing, especially when he went out and ran a four four nine. Uh, you know, pretty pretty fast for a guy who weighs in at two hundred and thirty seven pounds. And then he uh, had okay jumping numbers, nothing too right home about. But he definitely solidified himself as a prospect to watch. And the thing about him is he's not going to go in these top sixteen picks. So he's going to go to a better team, potentially, which is better for a fantasy owners. Well, Good think point. about this. This is the second year in a row where the best depth in the draft is at the wide receiver position. This year in the draft is interesting at the wide receiver position because after you got your Parker, your, your I'm sorry, your your, uh, your Smith and your in your Cooper, you do have you know Devontae Parker. Smith. You got what? <laughs> you got you got. <laughs> We got, we got, I got, I'm screwing with everyone's mind over here. White, right. White and Cooper. White and Cooper. Thank you. Uh, is this a glut of six foot two to six foot five inch receivers? And these are guys are all 210 to 230 pounds. Devin Funches is huge. Yeah. The guy, the guy that you he's, like, the other guy that you like too, uh, the one knocking him is him kept catching the deep passes at Sammy Coates. Yeah. Coates. Yeah, that's another thing. Everyone seems to think he's a one trick pony. You said that as well. Everyone I think he's a one trick pony. Yeah. I think he's Stephen Hill version 2.0. But he did put up impressive bench press numbers and other residual numbers that are, you know, pretty good. He looked so, like a, he looked like a pretty bad boy. I think there was one point when we were watching. I went to Hoonie. I'm like, I do not want to mess with that dude. He just looked <laughs> mean and fast and just ready to go. And they got Jalen Strong out there too. So uh, this, this, this is a good. You have a, about a good, and then you have the, the some first, of this. The first two rounds are going to provide great, you know. Potential fantasy assets next season. Well, there's one yeah, other guy that I like that I, I compare to Deshaun Jackson, and it's the guy from Ohio State, it's Devin, Devin Smith. Smith yeah. I, here's another guy that just has a knack for scoring touchdowns, a knack for making big plays, um, and and I think that he's going to be one of these guys that again he can slide into a perfect situation because he's not going to go earlier in the draft, so he could fall to a, a good team. He could maybe be one of these guys that falls to like the Packers and they go, okay, well, we let Cobb go and now we just pick this guy up. It's true. Wow. It's absolutely true. And he, I, he is not like a one-trick pony either, you know, I, I, I don't believe. You know, I mean, he's, he's got all, I've watched him you know, playing for Ohio State and going to Michigan State myself. I saw him play uh, a couple times, and then, of course, everybody saw him in the, you know, the championship season. He, How did he play in that big game? Very, very well. well. Yeah. Very, very well. Yeah, uh, I mean, and he just, just he destroyed Michigan State too. That's remember that. But 
Uh, yeah, he's he's definitely got, uh, I don't want to say stardom written all over him, but he's got big play potential written all over him and will definitely fall a little bit down the draft. So, yeah, you're but right. This is but, also what's really important when you're, when you're focusing on, on the rookie wide receivers because a lot of times you get these guys that end up going further down who end up becoming better because they fall into a better situation. It just, it's always the way it is. Think about one of our sleepers, right, our deep sleepers right now, Cody Latimer, last year. Cody yep. Latimer, they thought he was going to be eking up into the middle of the first round. He drops to the second round or something, goes to Denver. Right. You know, he didn't get much opportunity last year, but it looks like Wes Welker's a goner, and, and that's going to just, he's going to have a great sophomore season. Yeah, they're, they're already talking about installing him on the outside. Uh, opposite Demarius throwing Sanders in the slot. That's going to be sick. Yep. <laughs> and Devin Smith averaged 28.2 yards a catch this season. Yeah, insanity. At, uh, he only had 33 catches. He was sort of a one-trick pony. Was they he had, a return guy? He, he was also a return, return guy, guy, too. He scored 12 touchdowns on his right. 33 catches. This is my thing. That's why it's... And, and in the... <laughs> it's it's Sean Jackson like. It's like, you know, a big wow. play every big time. Big play waiting to happen. Yeah. And in the championship game, he only had one catch, went for 45 yards though. And the game before that uh, against Alabama, two for 87 and a touchdown. So yeah. with the long being 47, so he had a 47 and an, a 40 yarder in yeah. that game. You know, against Alabama and you know Nick Saban's defensive back guru and you know the top safety uh, in the draft. We destroyed my my corner Trey Wayans, uh, who ran a four three one today. One wow four three one better better than they expected. Um, they said he is he's going to be a top draft pick. He's going to be yeah. going in the top what ten to fifteen or something like that. From what I hear for sure, um, he's another one of those guys that's going to come out early. Incredible corner that just got destroyed by by this kid. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was tough to watch. Ate <laughs> him up. Yeah. Let's talk about some running backs. So Actually, let's talk about Jair's favorite running back, yeah. who sort of came out of nowhere and ran a four-four-two, the best time among running backs, you know, this season, which is sort of sad to say in some ways. But uh, Jeremy Langford. I stole you the words right out no, of your yeah, mouth. No, no, go, go, go ahead. He's, he's throwing it to you. He's throwing it to you. So talk about your guy. He said your guy. He's leading you. I, well, I, no, I mean he's he's listen. I, I again, he's another guy that I you know obviously I've watched for forever. Um, the guy has he's another one of those type of guys. He has patience, which is a huge thing going into the NFL. It's it's a tough thing to teach to, to running backs. It usually takes them a little bit to learn it, but. When you have that patience um, going into the NFL, it's not as tough of a transition as it can be for running backs. Um, he's, he's, listen, the guy has, he's also a lot stronger than people think. Okay, he's not the, the biggest guy in the world, but he, he is a lot stronger than people think. Ran a 4-4-240, I gotta tell you, I, I didn't see that, but I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I gotta, that is, that is stunning. Yeah. Alright, I knew he was a little bit quicker, but I did not know he was 4-4-2 quick. That, uh. That changes my my opinion about him even more to, to the to the good side. Um, any team would be lucky to have him. And I, listen, I was a little bit down on Le'Veon Bell going into the draft with him. I thought he was a little more lumbery than than uh, people gave him. But the way that he lost weight and transformed his body and stuff like that that I mean that was absolutely amazing. Michigan State has this teaching program, not just in basketball like everybody knows with with Tom Izzo, but in, fo- in football as well where these guys are coming in now, being taught the right way, and can make it in the pros because of it. Uh, this is another kid that obviously learned a lot, you know, playing under Bell for a little bit. Uh, D'Antonio has obviously taught him the right way there at Michigan State. He's going to be a top prospect, 4'4", 240. God damn. 
Sorry, I'm not going to get off of that very he, easily. I he was, not he was a good that. running back. At, oh yeah, last year. oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how many touchdowns. It must have been somewhere in the 17, uh, 17 to twenty range. Touchdowns. He, he has a nose for the end zone. Um, he wants the ball in all situations. Uh, he's not a fumbler. He rarely ever fumbles. He holds on to the ball really well. So any team would be lucky. Huh? Twenty-two. 22 wow. touchdowns it ended up being? My yeah, goodness. 276 attempts for 1,522 yards and 22 rushing TDs. Yeah, and yeah. you can also catch the ball. Yes, uh, that is another thing. Under, underrated part of his game. He's not one of these lumbering guys, though. He's weighing in at 208. Uh, I think he slimmed down a little bit to run fast. Yeah, I think so, too. So I think he'll be back up at 215 faster than you know uh, Manny Pacquiao. Weighing up against uh, Floyd Mayweather on May 2nd. <laughs> You're fired up for that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, so am I. Oh, boy. Um, so, uh, let's, let's, let's ask, before we dive into a few more of these running backs that are uh, coming into the draft this year, how many running backs, you, we know that running backs haven't gone in the first round at all since Trent Richardson. Are there guys, are there a couple running backs that are going uh, in the first round this well, year? There's the potential for Melvin Gordon. Todd Gurley is the guy they wouldn't even let him... Uh, do anything he at the count. Right. Well, his doctor, Dr. Hanchers, said, don't let anyone touch you. He didn't want There's... anyone poking him proud in the knee that he just yeah. got the surgery on, what was it, three weeks ago or whatever? So, um, three, why was it three months ago? Three yeah, months yeah, ago. That Sorry. was back to November. Yeah. Um, so, and also, they said that let it heal more, like you're right. saying, and he'll do it in his pro day. Exactly. Well, I, I, I think he might be doing one of those things where he's tanking it a little bit because he doesn't want to go to some of these teams. I think he might release his medical information to only certain teams, you know, and kind of set himself up almost in a free agent aspect and not let anybody else see the things on his knee. He might have like a late first round, early second that's round. That's not a smart, promise. necessarily a smart move. Yeah, you might go to a good team, might help your career, but some you, you go to a third round, you got to make some money. You, you, uh, to be honest, these these rookies don't make any money, even at the very top, really. Yeah, it, I don't, it, I don't think it really matters. I don't think he'd be tanking. I mean. It, well, there's word that Kelvin Benjamin tanked the 40 last year just so he could go to the lower teams in the lower half of the first round. I'm so not buying not? it because I watched him run this year, and he, he isn't that fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's not uh, why he's good. That's the word yeah. on the street. Uh, yeah. So, so that's going to be this year's uh, Funches or whatever his name. That's 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 the guy from Michigan. Yeah. He's got he's going to have that. That style play, I think, that uh, we had with Benjamin last year. Slower, probably could be even a tight end, hybrid tight yeah, end. Yeah, 6'5", Well, he was two years ago a yeah. hybrid tight end. They called him a tight end. And then suddenly going into the draft, he's reclassified himself as a wide receiver. But and he lost a bunch of weight. I, he, I love the Michigan uniforms. I don't like the Michigan team. It's not like one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. But I do love those old, like, just ever since Anthony Carter, number one, back in, you know, or eight, 1980. Just, I love those. And my <laughs> favorite number is 17, the number that he, uh, David Funches or whatever, uh, Fuchs, what is his name? Fun- Funches. Fuchs. Yeah, Devin Funches. Devin Funches. Funches. Uh, Fuchs that, is that, from, that's <laughs> from used cars. <laughs> You the Fuchs, the Fuchs, Fuchs, bro- the Fuchs <laughs> twins, the Fuchs brothers. The, oh my God! If you think I'm pulling out any lines from used cars, you think I've got more time on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's on. Great movie. Check it out. I, 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 I remember it. I love uh, love watching him play. Just that big dude, number seventeen on Michigan. Sorry, just telling you these weird little things that I like. I, I gag. I gag just reading the word maze. <laughs> maze. <laughs> 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 Well, let's uh, okay. How about Melvin Gordon now? Not what I expected to see from his 
40 time. Yeah. Five, four, five, two? Four, five, two. You yeah. know, you know. You were thinking he was going to be faster? He looks like it's such a burner every time he touched the ball in college, so, you know. Some guys are fast with pads on, some guys aren't. Yeah. It's just a fact of life. Some guys can run out of the, you know, some guys are track stars when the 40 is lined up. And once you put the pads on, they're not that fast. Well, he's got field speed, so he does. But he also didn't have he didn't really show up huge in any of the other measurables. You know, when you're talking about like you know in bench press and things like that. He weighed in at two fifteen, which is you know I'm all about how much does a guy weigh now. That's one of my things for a running back. He was great in the shuttle. He's got he's got the cut he's got the cut ability. That's where he gets all. He looks he looks like Charles Jamal Charles. I'd like to hear how how his measurables and everything. He's twenty pounds heavier than Jamal Charles. Two inches bigger. Yeah, Jesus. He yeah, looks like he looks like him. I don't know if it's just because he wears the same number, but he looks like him when he's. It's probably because you see dreadlocks and there's it's the same color. You get kind of confused. Are you, what do you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I think uh, I was listening to last year's off season preparation podcast today, and you were talking about how Kenny Stills and Odell Beckham Jr. looked exactly alike, and Odell Beckham Jr. you're describing his haircut he's and how they pro- both had mohawks <laughs> and tips, and you're like. Oh, they just remind me of each other. <laughs> I believe I said that. I heard I said a couple other uh, nasty remarks on that podcast, too. Sorry, sorry, people. Things that shall not be named. Yeah, but there you go. One of the things, one of those guys who could jump out of the gym was a mirror. Was a bell Good stuff. It ought to be. I got it off for cop. Starved. But before you get into Abdullah, I mean, talking about Melvin Gordon, one of the things that you do look for is those is those jumps, especially that that broad jump. Even the vertical matters too, but the broad jump too shows explosion and shows how you can cut and, and cut out of time. The lower body explosion is huge, and that's one thing Melvin Gordon did have. A ten foot six broad jump is very impressive. You know, I mean, it's of course it's no eleven six or twelve four or whatever those guys were doing. But that's one of the tops in in the in, in the RV class, tw- uh, ten six. So it's no, you know that's nothing to be overlooked. It doesn't sound like a lot, you know. You think broad jump? What the hell does that have to do with anything? But it, it means more to these these scout type guys than than you guys think. So when I think low body explosion, I'm certainly not thinking about football. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I certainly don't want you looking at me when you're saying that. <laughs> Look at you. Jesus I was looking at the picture of the birds on the wall. The eye contact the was intense there. <laughs> you really are Marty's friend. You'll stop making it hard for him. I mean, look at you. You're smoking, you're drinking. We're in a bar. What do you expect us to do? You must think I'm stupid or something. I look like I just got off a boat. I know what you're trying to do. Guys, get out of here, you half a sissy, before I give you a slap. Hey, Mickey, take it easy, eh? <laughs> what, what, what's our music in our audio tonight, Houdini? The music is the Monophonics, a uh, current uh, soul funk band uh, from the Bay Area, nice. and uh, we're reaching back to 1983 for Rodney Dangerfield and Easy Money with Joe Pesci. Easy Money. Oh, I love Rodney. But oh, yeah. I think Gordon held his draft stock. I mean, he finished first in the 60-yard shuttle, second in the 20-yard shuttle. Uh, he was up there in the 40 among running backs, and he weighed in great. His broad jump was good, as Dog mentioned. Uh, so he just you know, had an overall decent day. I mean, I don't even think he has to work out at his at pro day to even prove that he's the one or first or second back to be selected. I think he's already kind of slipped. Uh, again, point. it's watch my film. There's watch a, my film. Yeah, there's, there's a guy. Though, there's a guy that's not Abdullah who stood out to me though. 
Northern Iowa, David Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now it's... this dude, you look at where he was doing. I mean, he uh, in, in the uh, he ran a four five forty, so he was faster than Melvin Gordon. This guy's six one two twenty four. Big boy. Um, and he was up there as far as He's like... He's going to be this year's Terrence West. And a smaller school guy who gets drafted in the first couple rounds probably has a good opportunity. 41 and a half inch vertical. Uh, 10-7. 25 reps on the bench. 10-7 on the broad. And uh, was second best in the three-cone drill. I mean, this 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 is a and guy... he said he went where? Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa. And he's, they're currently ranking him around like about the number ten uh, running back of all the. One thing I want to tell our our listeners is Houdini's really impressive. He knows college teams by their logo. There's like all day they're showing like this logo. It's like abstract. It's like I didn't a, know the one that was the tribe though, which I should have known. You should have known that one. That was the guy that we didn't like, right? Yeah. That was that like Titus guy, the wide receiver yes. that was knuckleheading the whole day. Like everyone's Ugh. like, dude, wake up! He's always smiling. Titus he, Brown. Or he, he hurt himself that draft. He looked like he was just didn't give a shit. Titus the, Davis. Yeah, he was the anti anti white. Um, <laughs> but. Houdini was impressed. I'm like, what school is that? He's like, that's Northern so and so. East Carolina. The, how the hell did you know that? I, I've always liked that. that logo. No, I played NCAA college football. Uh, that's how I knew that. Before they it. took it off the market. Right, exactly. Back in the day. So you Before those college teams wanted to get paid. Not on your PS4 anymore, no, unfortunately. No, no. Ed O'Bannon ruined it for everyone. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. But uh, Amir Abdullah showed up pretty big. He did. He's probably going to be more of a third down back in the NFL. But he's got that lower body explosion. You know, he jumped out of the gym. Uh, uh, he had something like a 44 and a half inch vert, uh, which is higher than LeBron James. So Jesus. Uh, you know, well, see, this is an interesting comparison, right? Because you got a guy in David Johnson who's going to go much later in the draft than uh, Amir Abdullah. Amir Abdullah, though, he's five foot eight, one hundred ninety-eight pounds. He's not a huge guy, so you're right. He's not going to be a guy that can be an every down. Where back. did uh, Abdullah go to school? He UCLA. Nebraska. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Nebraska. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, I know. I know. And he weighed in a little heavier sure. than that. He weighed in at two hundred five. Two hundred five. Okay. So he so put on. Didn't he weight. have like a six or seven touchdown game this year? That guy. Yeah. He, he, a couple of them, and then he had the highlight reel catch that won the game with zero seconds remaining. I think that little screen pass to come back from like twenty four points yes. down or something. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, and he doesn't uh, look like he season. doesn't look like a football player when you look at him. You're like that guy is not like a football. But this player. is my point, though. So it's like you know he has all that ability. I think he'll be a great third down back, uh, you know, extra type option for some team out there. But a guy like David Johnson, who goes later in the draft, has a, more of a potential to potentially steal a job and become a starter because he has the size and, the, and he can take the pounding. You know, when you weigh 230 versus 205, it's a big difference. Well, th- this is, we were talking earlier about Gurley and was he tanking or, or whatever and all that stuff. That's why I think that's, that's all a bunch of bullshit. All these teams, they know that the running back position, anybody could step up. You know, I mean, Justin Forsett could be your next back of the future. And he's 30 years old, finally making it in the league. Anybody could, uh, could come into that position and do something for you. And sure, you know, Monty Ball, you know, drafted up, you know, higher and expected big things out of Denver. He falls by the wayside and is now behind two guys. You know, a, a guy who came out of nowhere, C.J. Anderson. So I, I don't think that these guys were going to be taken to the top anyway. Especially when teams know that they can get guys later on in the draft who could do just as well. So, I, you know, when you're talking about... Uh, 
But you don't know, they start moving up a little bit? Not first round. They know that running backs, but don't running backs start going and people start taking a chance on them? Even a little earlier than, you know, for four or five, six, doesn't it kind of become a commodity more where a lot of running backs will start going in the yeah. late second, third? Whenever they go. Last year it was like, if you remember, 54. 52 50. to 50, yeah, 57, late, four of late, them went. Mid, late second. Carlos yeah. High, Bishop Sank, and yeah. they all went off the There was a big run on running backs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know, but not, but they didn't go in the first, and that's the thing is that I don't think that I, because any of those guys probably could could have been taken in the first years ago. You oh, look yeah. at somebody with the you know. I'll tell you who's hoping that he falls to them in the first is huh? Arizona is hoping that Melvin Gordon falls to them in the first. Sure, absolutely. They want to pair him with Andre Ellington, have that other guy there. That oh yeah, anybody anybody who's got some sort of size. I mean, they're telling Ellington to bulk up. And maybe and maybe Gurley's gonna, taking to have that position move, as well you know? to be with him. You keep that guy as a scat back. Period. Keep him as your lower volume, higher reward. Absolutely. absolutely, that's not a guy you want to change his body because it ruins everything that he's good for. Uh, totally so, agree. Totally. But uh, it, you know, be like who I'm you saying, are. Sure, some of these backs will probably go, a couple of these backs maybe, Gordon and maybe a girl, you'll go mid to late first round. I don't see any of those higher teams grabbing him in the first, grabbing him in that upper 10 to 15 slots. It just doesn't make sense for teams anymore, especially when they know they can wait till the second round and get somebody probably just as good. Yep. Anything else on uh, quarterbacks or any running backs? You know, a guy who showed up big a couple years ago, uh, everybody's forgotten about, you know, Won the national championship with Cam Newton as a freshman. Michael Dyer. Yeah. Uh, ended up transferring to Louisville. Uh, measured in at about 5'8", 218. Ran in the 4'8 range. Or 4'5'8 range, excuse me. But he could be one of those guys like an Isaiah Crowell who you know might get drafted late, late, but that you're going to have to keep an eye on. Because this guy was one of the top high school recruits in all of the country. So he's definitely got the potential, and he's going to be sort of it under the radar. So, especially because his name sounds close to Jonathan Dwyer. <laughs> <laughs> but they're saying right now he could be a day three pick. So, a late round guy you kind of want to look at. He's got why did he have to transfer in the first place? You know, he got you know some trouble or academics. I don't remember exactly. Same thing that happened with Corral. Yeah, yeah, it's troubles. Trill trubs. It's three in the morning. Come to bed. You haven't had a decent night's sleep in weeks. I don't know how to sleep. I know how to pass out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, against that NFL defense that FSU used to be, uh, you know, 150 yards and three touchdowns. So he's definitely a guy who's got, you know, some numbers that'll back up his, you know, play. And he's been doing it for a while. But his academic issues and his personal life are going to get him uh, knocked down the draft board quite a bit. But keep an eye out. All right. I like it. Uh, do you want to talk about any uh, other running backs or any quarterbacks? Or should we uh, say that we got 47 minutes of... of uh, oh, we still got to talk about tight ends. I don't know No, why. I think we said we, we weren't going. I think we... I mean, there just isn't a ton of talent out there. It's all mediocre. We didn't really talk about quarterbacks besides... Jameis, famous. You're your guy. No, you know, can I talk about Jameis? No. I didn't even say all the stuff I wanted to. Okay, go. Say everything you want to say about him. Let me mention this one thing that hasn't been talked about, and I don't know if it deserves talking about, but since you seem to be the expert on him, what's the deal with that that shoulder? Not the not the not the, the uh, flexibility, not the flexibility thing. But what happened? Where it, it, he had a weak shoulder, and it the seemed. Weak sh- I think he was putting on a little shelf. I think he was like, oh, I got a little shoulder pain. You know, kind of rubbing it out there, pulling a little, you know, 
Don't worry, guys. I'm all right. I can still throw rockets. Oh, you think maybe he threw a few bad passes, blamed it on his shoulder, and said, eh, my shoulder's a little weak today. Yeah, he learned from Jordan. Day, so He's fun. like, I got the, the flu game. Okay, <laughs> this is going to be the shoulder combine. The shoulder combine. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe he's tanking to go to uh, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, what are some other quarterbacks? Who, who looked good? Is well, Marcus, Mar- Mar- Marcus Mariota, he had a great combine. Let's let's just go and say that, you know, he had a very very good combine. You know, it doesn't matter though. We knew he was going to be do well in the combine. That's a thing that he's supposed to do well at. He's an athletic player. You know, he jumped you know eight inches higher than Jameis. Uh, ran four and a half seconds faster. Uh, four and a half seconds faster. Or, no, not four and a half seconds. <laughs> okay. They superimposed they, they super <laughs> the video. No, that, was, even on the that, was the Rich, that was Rich Eisen versus the uh, the false starter. <laughs> I did say one thing while we were watching. Why not, if, if Eisen, he's always doing that like running in the suit thing and that, that shtick. It's pretty funny when they compare him. But they should get him in the actual underwear Olympics. Put him in the actual Under Armour outfit and then have him run. That is going to get you some ratings and go viral. <laughs> Only for not freaks like you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What he said. <laughs> so, so talk your boy up. Get it over with. I mean, yeah. What do you give us? Over give with. us your soliloquy. It's not even. We're on the Kleenex in here for a reason. Come on. <laughs> it's it's not even me. It's what everybody else is saying. Dog came in. Blame here. it on everybody else. Dog came in here and he's like, "So are you hearing this crap that you know McShay and Kuiper are saying? This he's the second best prospect since 2000 behind Andrew Luck." And I'm like, "Yes, I am believing it. Everybody's now saying it." Uh, he throws with such great anticipation and accuracy and ball placement, uh, things that are all very important in the NFL. And they were saying when he talked to Mariucci, Mariucci also in sex. <laughs> good point. <laughs> Mariucci was saying that he's the brightest prospect he's worked with in his entire like NFL career. At the X's and O's. At the X's and O's. At the at the board. At the board on the board, his football IQ is unmatched. Uh, second to guys like Peyton Manning, they're saying. So, the things that are coming out, the hyperbole is full on for Jameis. It's just, just but hyperbole. Yeah, I always thought it was hyperbole. I, I, I like my word hyperbole better. Okay. But I also, I also said... Just, uh, just so all you guys out there are wondering what the fuck What a hyperbole is. It's, it's hyperbole. <laughs> but Seriously, it's all hyperbole. That's people what. say this all the time, and people use it wrong. Like, I'm not the only one who uses that word. It's all right. We know. We know. know. It's fine. He's just got to put the legend out there. I used to call it homage. It's very interesting. I called it homage. I call it homage forever. It was like, it's homage. It's homage. homage. Paying homage to something. Okay, fine. So now I'm like, it's homage. Like, like I've been born an expert on it. So, there's there's other things. The, The hype train is real. And, you know, I'm definitely a believer in that he should be the top overall selection. Uh, and yeah, I'm and excited. Career ruined by Lovey Smith. I'm excited to see him throw the football around in the NFL. No, I I got to tell you, I am on the fence on this. I don't know which way I, I'm leaning because I've seen it go both ways. But that machismo of his, that that over the top, freaking, you know, I, I I'm I, I'm the best, and I say it all the time. And I I talk to the mirror, and the mirror tells me that the same thing back. You know, I'm I'm the best. I don't know if that if that flies so much in the NFL, especially in today's day and age, where where guys can kill you if they hit you hard enough. Odell Beckham Jr. You know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the Menzel came in with the, the cockiness, and I mean, the first you got to look at him as a cockiness from the quarterback position because you also had that 
um, you know, you don't have it's 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 almost arrogance to a point, right? Because yeah. you know Andrew Luck d- did not have that arrogance. Um, RG three had more of that arrogance. Uh, you can say that um, well, Johnny Manziel for sure had completely arrogant. Manning um, did. Manning did not. Right. Know, very. The guys were subdued. Who. Who, uh, who know they're good? What about Cam? How, how, how would you characterize Cam? Cam, Cam had it. Cam, I think. It. I think. How about this? Aaron Rodgers has it. He's got. He, he does. He's got that charisma and that kind of attitude. Relax. Right, Relax. but he also, but he also came out as a rookie and didn't have to step into the limelight, yeah. and he and he was playing behind Favre. So yeah, and nobody saw that right. until he actually got good. I don't think he had it the second. Well, no one saw it anyway because it was in Green Bay. There's only three hundred thousand people in the town. <laughs> true, that's true too. But he didn't develop that until he had a couple of good years under his belt. It didn't really come out. I mean, he may have been that. Here's my bit. key guy that came out with arrogance and Ryan Leaf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Arrogant is all get out, and it didn't work for him. Just, you know. So it's because here's the thing, everything's fine. Because in college, you go to Florida State, you're going with all these recruits. You have the ability to be a great team every year. You're you're never going to you be a, literally. The you're now going to a bad football team, and you're going to have to deal with losing. And can you deal with losing? Because he's never had to deal with losing before, and that arrogance gets shut, gets smacked down when you're not winning. It, the, the guys who are truly amazing and that good are the ones that other people tell you that they're that good, not when they tell you that they're that good. That's and the Walter Payton line. Yeah, I knew I, I knew I was great when I when I stopped. You know, you, those that are good tell everyone they're good. Those that are great are told. You know? I just think yeah. of Seinfeld. Jimmy had a great workout today. Jimmy's looking great today. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy really ran that mile today. <laughs> Well, let's close out on some other players and get off the uh, Winston uh, bone job here. And if there's anyone else we want to talk about, great. But we're at 55 minutes. We can get it. I'm fine talking about combines. It's important stuff. They're All gonna day. Score. They're gonna all score. It's gonna score fans football points. <laughs> it was it was rough enough watching it all day. <laughs> yeah. At one point, by the end of it, we were working on uh, that. We were working on that tears matrix, yeah. and we were. It was like hour seven, and we were doing the running backs. Huh. Got a little bit overwhelming. Any quarterbacks? Let's talk about any, anybody else that really stood it's also out. Because we were well into a, a, easily a six pack or more each of us. So Those heavy, heavy dogs. Yeah, too. Brett, I don't think Brett we had a fear under eight percent. Stood out. Ran a good forty time of four six three. Four six three, uh, I think it was. Who is this? Brett Hundley from yep. UCLA. Uh, threw the ball well. Uh, you know, had a good vertical jump. Had you know, all his athletic numbers are there. So he's one of those guys that if sneak first round uh, could be late first round. Could be like that thirty-second pick, like a Teddy Bridgewater, or uh, like a, just because they want that extra, you know, year of control. Or what he could be is the other guy who was uh, famously uh, the third quarterback who looked like he was going to have a good, good, a good career. Josh Freeman. Oh, that one. Yeah. Freeman, he got. He was he was the third quarterback behind. Who was he behind? It was. Uh, there's a lot Dude, of those. How players. about that train falling off? Because he had a season where he threw what twenty touchdowns and like five interceptions, and then. Goodbye. Yeah. <coughs> Shiano uh, brain just screwed with his brain. He came in and was like, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just grind this guy." But he was ground. horrible after he couldn't. He, yeah, he couldn't yeah. deal with post. I mean, remember he started that one game in Minnesota on like three days rest, and oh, he <laughs> should have said, worst, "I don't want to do that." One of the worst performances I've ever seen. <laughs> Uh, it was so bad. Every ball was thrown. The overthrow of a of a wide receiver or receiver in that game was like average, was like seven feet. 
Um, let's move on. Are we going to talk about anyone move else? Move on. Please, move on. I don't want to please. talk about Josh Freeman anymore. Yes. <laughs> we're, we're done. <laughs> yeah, that's who we're just talking about. <laughs> yeah, we I'm bringing up all the names. Jonathan Dwyer, years. Josh Freeman. I mean, who's next that I'm going to bring up? Oh, um, boy. Oh, Trubs. Oh, boy. All right. Well, let's get into it. And here's, uh, we're just going to start with some off-season training and some off-season preparation and what you should be doing, uh, your, your springtime checkoffs. And the fact is, I'm just going to throw one out, something that, that I that I'm going to be do- there's two things I'm going to be doing this year. One is I'm not going to predetermine going into drafts what I'm going to do. Meaning I'm not going to like take a running back, running back, or a wide receiver, wide receiver. And what I really want to do, especially in these first handful of rounds, I'm not scared to trade this. I really want to I want to go with obviously go up my tiers and you know get the va- the best value. But I want to just get talent this year. And I don't want to get three running backs or th- two quarterbacks in the first three picks or anything. But I'm willing at any position, even if it means after three or four picks that I've got too many of one position, but that I've got the best friggin' players, I'm going that route this year because the way leagues are, people are stumped early and they need traits. And I, I want to be able to go and gri- fill a hole that's obvious to me or something at the beginning of the schedule or the beginning of the season with some value that I have on my bench. I think you, you pulled it off perfectly this year uh, in, in our league. You had Adrian Peterson go down on you, but still you were able to go and you took you took two ru- rookie quarterbacks, which in this league you went with the value and you traded one of them and you got a Jordy Nelson. That's because you had a, a great value, a great value, and a great ace up your sleeve to get something else that you might need. The th- here's the thing: running back is obviously the most volatile position out there. There's so many injuries at that position that there's no telling who it's going to happen to either. Nobody could have told you what, what, what happened to Peterson either. That wasn't even an injury. But nobody could tell you what's going to happen at, at any position, to be honest. But running back mostly is, I think, the most injured position year after year nowadays, for sure. I think you have to stock up on running backs. I, I, early? I, I, doesn't have to be early. General. doesn't have to be early. In general. I like to have a couple of uh, t- top guys on my team. And I think if you go in knowing that you have your... DeMarco Murray or something set running for you for the year. Um, if if he happens to be a stud, whatever, <laughs> uh, he, he, he's going to jump on that bandwagon no. for the next five, ten years. He's going to let us know, DeMarco Murray got me to it. No, but here's why you're exactly right, though, because think about the last two years where there's been still a glut of these running backs or whatever taken in the first two rounds that have all been busts. Yeah. So the people's first and second running backs, a lot of times, even when they picked two to start, were bad. So having and, and and understanding, see now it comes into a, a little deeper thing. Understanding where the right depth is behind which guys, you know, so that you're targeting the right, you know, it's not just grabbing extra running backs. It's grabbing the right running backs who have in in the position that they are with a guy that might be brittle, with a guy that might allow them to have opportunities because of injury behind or whatever the case may be. Line. Those type of situations where they can step in and be successful. Exactly right. I or mean, they have a skill yeah. that. Look at them on the field, no matter what. Right. They take care of the ball. They catch the ball. They score touchdowns. You know those skills that are you know sort of sought after. Uh, being having that as a second guy, so they have a little bit of value before. And if the guy in front of them goes down, you know, then suddenly they have a lot of value. You know, so maybe that's where you suddenly end up with a Matt Asiata and end up with a top fifteen scorer at a position, and you're like, how the hell did this happen? I, th- I think what what happened with uh, uh, n- yeah, I don't want to be self centered in this conversation, but my team last year was actually a, a a perfect example of what should happen. 
Of what should happen with running backs, yeah. okay? My first three picks, not just three running backs, but my first three picks were all running backs. Yeah. Adrian Peterson, Monty Ball, and Gio Bernard. You would Ooh. think this team obviously did nothing this year. They, they, they obviously were last in the league. I made the playoffs because of all the depth that I ended up drafting at running back. And you're right. It's the right depth. It's not just grabbing anybody out there. Grabbing your Toby Gerhardt wasn't going to get you to those playoffs. You know, uh, grabbing a couple other douchebags out there weren't going to get you to the playoffs. But I got my drug belt. Grabbing, I grabbing the first pick overall, like uh, um, the guy in Philadelphia for me last year. Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. Yeah, Colt, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy. If you did say Colt McCoy was your first pick, you did week, not make it. It was only play. a week off. Of <laughs> that I can guarantee. Colt McCoy. Although he probably won you a game. I have an idiot. One. <laughs> one, one game. But, you know, when you grab your Joyke Bell, somebody that not a lot of people had a, a ton of faith in, you grab your Ahmad Bradshaw, you know, for the Trent Richardson de, uh, detractors out there. Those guys got you far. Isaiah Crowell, which I had a, a, a big eye for in the beginning of the season. I also grabbed Terrence West as well, just to get that situation there. You know, if you Jerry grab the is, right, he's giving depth. himself a blowjob right now. You guys can't see it. But <laughs> he's grabbing he's his joint bell right now. He's officially I'm, giving himself head. I have stolen Stag's Kleenex and I am going to town. <laughs> All right. No, but seriously, the, when you fuck up and your first three picks and in taking running backs and then none of them pan out at all. One of them's gone for the year. One of them's injured for most of the year and you know and fails. And the other one is ends up the second back on the team and doesn't do a whole hell of a lot. Not at least not what you thought. To be able to still make the playoffs, it means you grab the right depth. That's a huge thing, I, I like believe, it. in the draft next year, is grabbing the depth at running back. Not just any depth, but grabbing the right depth, and you're going to find that right depth here on this podcast. Imagine if, and, you, imagine if you, dog, had not taken, grabbed the right depth, still done your running backs like you did, but imagine instead of those first three guys, if you had grabbed that first or second pick, a Dad, receivers. or a Julio, oh, or any of those, or gone in that first early and gotten a chance. I got luck in the fifth. Blew blew grab Antonio know. Brown or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you get one of these guys. Imagine then, um, and this is the reason why I personally think I'm going to stay a little bit away from the running back. There's someone that I really like, but imagine if you'd done your getting the right depth like you're talking about a running back and stocked up on some real talent wide receiver that are going to likely play more games. Yeah. You, even without the mumbo jumbo. Well, going back to what you said, that running AP back is the most injured position now. So you do have a lot more security in wide receivers staying healthy, you know. And more sure. points were scored by guys that probably weren't even in our tiers or in, some, in last year in fantasy football at the running back position than any other position. I mean, between Hellman and C.J. Uh, Anderson and a lot of other players that came Jeremy along pro well, mm-hmm. Jeremy Hill, uh, who we had up there, but it could just the running back a lot of out of nowhere opportunities come and score real just points in the pickup yeah, sure. the, pick I mean, the, the thing with running backs is if you're going to take some guys you need to handcuff or you need to bet on other people's handcuffs so yeah. you know you're if you're taking a LaShawn McCoy next year maybe you should grab um, you know Chris Polk if he's there oh if, yeah. You know, yeah we're not Going through the free agents or anything like that <laughs> yeah, just right yet. Now, but, yeah. but, you know, maybe you should grab a Chris Polk or maybe you should grab that Julius Randle uh, to handcuff. Or you're going to bet on Jeremy Hill being that other guy who's going to score more than his higher drafted counterpart. Now, there's, there's a difference between grabbing like a Julius Randle 
or, or Randall or or uh, grabbing Julius Randall. Joseph Randall. Randall. I can't and get that Julius one right. I can't get that one right. He said it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to our audience. We took a week off, and it seems like we took a lot more than that. It's Monday night. It's Friday night. The thing is, is that is it McCoy that makes it go, or is it the offense that makes it go at the running back position? Yes. Would Polk do as well as a McCoy? Or would he not because McCoy makes that go? Uh, does Alfred the backup... Do, do, well, no, here's oh, another, yeah, exactly. no, but here's another, interesting, yes. here's another thing you have to understand about a guy like McCoy, right? McCoy is only going to lose his job if he's injured. Yes. They're not just going to all of a sudden go, okay, McCoy, we're only going to give you 10 touches, 10 carries today. Mm-hmm. And we're going to give 10 carries to Polk. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. But if you find that running back who's further down the line, who could, you're struggling, you're losing your job. That's when we te- we pagged uh, why, why you were on Terrence West and, and Crowell, because we said, Ben Tate is not going to last. That's why I'm on Bradshaw. Right. Because yeah. those are the ones that are, that are better opportunities for you to be looking for that depth, because those are the guys that are going to have a chance, because it's not a superstar that they're behind. So it's not even the Asiata-type situation, because... Adrian Peterson, otherwise, he's getting every carry. Like, I haven't picked up Jarek McKinnon just because I loved the guy, what he did in, in, the, in, in, the, in the Underwear Olympics last year. It ended up that he was playing, but otherwise, he would have barely seen the field. It would have been five touches a game. Yeah. So, But you have him now, so you want, you want AP to get shipped. Yeah, get him. Get him out. Get him out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right, though. It's, you've got to grab depth, and the backups, the handcuff situation, you've got to be wary about, is it the player... Or is it the, t- the situation? Power numbers. And, yeah, exactly. And is that player ever going to lose? I mean, AP would never lose his job unless he got injured. What? So you don't just grab the back of the AP just for no reason. I, I know that a handcuffs or something else. Yeah. That I had well, before we go, before yeah. we go to that, though, yeah, one yeah. thing I want to ask you. In the Indianapolis Colts situation at the running back, do you like that as a destination for a draft pick or an agent, Do you, a free agent? Do you like is Bradshaw going to stick around? Do you like him going in this year? No, just thinking think power Bradshaw's, and numbers. Bradshaw just got a, a arrested for something, too. I don't think Bradshaw's going to really? get looks anymore. Yeah, I think oh, he just... was the f- park? No, that was somebody else. No, he just got popped for a, a like... Uh, I don't, can't remember exactly what it was. It DUI or something. I don't know exactly what it was. Look, look it up real quick, Stags. But I don't I don't know if he's going to be back there. Um, and I don't know if to Trent... I don't know right. what the situation is. Gone. It's a great situation for anyone to go there. So is that yeah. that's a that's a good situation in power and, and numbers be, for because about. think about it again. Pot. It's it's uh, is it a, well, yeah yeah it's pot yeah pot, okay are are you a good team you know you have a great quarterback in Andrew Luck you have a you know a young up and coming receiver two great tight ends there so yeah that's a great landing spot for a running back you well, have sure. everything except to take the, the pressure offensive off line you. is not great yeah but that's what they're going to be that's what they should be but building that's, on. that's what they're going to be in a PPR league. That's where you got to look at a guy who's getting a lot, of, a lot of dump offs. I mean, how many did Boom Heron have in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, you look ten at what, per game. Like, <laughs> look at what Heron and Bradshaw did out of that position. The, the amount of touchdowns that those guys scored. Because Bradshaw was carrying teams yeah. when he was playing, carrying fantasy football teams. That guy he was, was he looked awesome. He and did. he's done that. He's done that. He did that for. I remember he, I had him on my team when he was on the Giants, yeah. and there was just like a four game stretch where you're like, "Holy crap, this guy's good." And then he gets where my team would be, and then he's banged up, and you're like, "God, I need that production. My team blows now." Like I told you I put together a list that uh, of like in the last five years he had like the the sixth most touchdowns for running backs, and he had missed almost a full season's worth of games. Yeah, his touchdown per game ratio was it's something insane. insane. <laughs> it's like Gronkowski esque. Yeah, it really is. It really is. That's awesome. Nearly a touchdown a game. 
Let's go to your handcuff thing because I think you're right. There's the, it's more it's more revel, prevalent and reliable and necessary now. Well, I, I used to never believe in handcuffs, and so because like the idea is, I think we're we're almost the way that we're saying it is it's reverse handcuffing in a lot of ways. It's not the old handcuff was okay. I have the number one. I want to get the number two back. I don't think that that's the case anymore. I, I don't think that you should be focusing anything on okay. I need to get this guy's direct backup. I think you start looking around for other situations. You know. Because, again, in, in a lot of those, especially for wide receiver. Now, for wide receiver, I think the handcuff is so much different than it is for running back. Running back, it's about what's the offensive line situation. With uh, wide receivers, it's more about what's the quarterback situation. How good is the guy that's throwing the ball? Is there, is there If I come in and step in, that's why a guy like Devontae Adams can be successful because he's got Aaron Rodgers. That's why a guy like Brandon LaFell can come in and be successful because he's got a guy in Tom Brady. That's why Emmanuel Sanders can be the major impact player because he's got Peyton Manning. That's why you can project for Cody Latimer. That's why you can project for some of these other guys. You know, So when I'm looking for that depth, that's where it's like, how strong are those other top receivers for those teams? And, and there are other, always so many players that have opportunities. So, you know, I, I like we that. We talked last year, you've talked many times about the third and fourth fiddle in Green Bay, and there's just there's opportunities that at wide receiver, and there's opportunities that just seem to always appear and be there in fantasy football because of most likely the, the offense, but also the quarterback as well, usually. But I think you're right. I think that handcuff situation, for me, identifying a few teams that you love and, and know that they're going to be very productive, and as injuries start happening, I don't even know going into the Next season, uh, who who is Denver Broncos number one? Who knows? They don't know yet. They don't know. Right but they, they got three know. guys that whoever it is are going to score. The number one guy is going to score a lot. And if something happens, that number two guy is going to come right in and be legit. And uh, you know, noticing and but focusing the best on part those too is that the number three guy slots up, and that's the guy who becomes like the because that's usually the guy, the third or fourth guy who ends up getting slotted up is a guy who's not on anyone's radar. Usually, then becomes that. Hot waiver wire pickup after something happens. Yeah. Or you look at, you know, like Houston or Kansas City, teams that just uh, are running teams. Uh, right, teams yeah. that'll just run the shit out of the ball. Alfred Bloom. You show uh, whenever Nal Davis got in there, he was mm-hmm. a stud. So you just look at guys like that, understand the situation, that those are the guys you pick up. The list that we came to get came up with yesterday, we started uh, we started our sleepers and super sleepers piece and guys and we put together both those guys you just mentioned. Obviously on that list. Yeah. Nile Davis, situationally and talent-wise with mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. And Blue, same thing. Talent-wise and situation, these guys are, uh, if given the opportunity, are going to, it's not too much of a fall-off from the number one running back. For sure. Um, anything else to talk about with the, uh, the handcuffs? But I agree. The handcuffs is defined differently, in my opinion. Now I'm going to go and I'm going to look at other guys that are behind the starter and I, it doesn't necessarily mean Lamar I'm picking the same guy that's my backup that I just drafted. It's going and saying, all right, if that guy goes down or it does underperforms, this is the dude that's going to get the opportunity. I like the team. I like the situation. And if, 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 this guy's going to be in my starting lineup. Smart drafting yeah. uh, procedure. Especially if it's like these guys are close, they're going to split carries, and then, you know, one guy's being drafted in the seventh round, and then 14th round comes around. And you're like, what the hell? That's a lottery ticket worth taking. You Absolutely. Know? You know, the Sean Moreno, Lamar Miller kind of situation. These guys are going to split carries. You know, one little thing happens. One guy underperforms a little bit. The other guy takes the step. You have him. You know, good for you. If you don't, 
Release him and find somebody else. Go fishing. Yes, <laughs> nice. Um, all right. You got any uh, anything you want guys want to uh, bring up? Is uh, if not, I've, I've got I've got something. Any any uh, sort of off season spring cleaning to dos that you're definitely going to be trying to work out. Where's my stuff? By the front door. What's the rush? I gotta go to work. I got a wedding to pay for. Don't forget the cake. How many years you know me, huh? Do I ever forget anything? Nikki, just in time. Beautiful. I don't want to see her fucking mother. Is it Nikki? No, no. It's not Nikki, no. Oh, it's mother. <laughs> well, one of the things that I'll say that uh, that we did on during the uh, Saturday during the game is uh, Houdini and I started uh, that sub matrix for the, our tiers, and it's a criteria of different important pieces that we always consider when doing our rankings and doing our tiers in our own mind. Kind of, you just go rifle through these, but this is more of a process to really kind of denote it and and really have to think about it and go and. Figure out a bunch of subclassifications, things like is your coaching staff new, young, or experienced? Do you are you gonna be the first fiddle, the number one guy on your team, the backup, or the third string wide receiver, all these kind of different sub criteria. How's your strength schedule? Blah blah. We started working on that just for the quarterbacks. And what I really realized with that going into this offseason is is the minutiae and working hard now on these kind of things, and obviously we run a fantasy site. And we're trying to do a lot of things this offseason and get a lot of things prepared. But doing that minutia now and starting now so that you're ahead of the game throughout this entire offseason and as a spring to do, and we'll just I'll let you guys talk from here, is start early, start often, start getting in there, and just start tinkering now. It's really important because and, and the other big part about this what this uh, dividing of this matrix is is categorizing guys into are they rising guys, are they falling guys, or are they status quo guys, and then having all the little minutiae there that goes by uh, after that. And what's also got to be interesting is because it's a living document. It's going to change. That's why you got to do it now. you got to do everything now based off of everything that happened off of last season while it's still fresh in your mind. Then figure these things out. Then look, okay, now what did guys do in free agency? What teams brought in major offensive linemen that are going to help uh, affect that situation? Is there any other, where are the coaching changes and things that move? You know, uh, then, and then the draft, where, the, where are they addressing needs in the draft and how is that going to affect these players? Then you continue to, to adjust that throughout. It's just the same thing as weekly, we say. Weekly schedule. Do your tiers what's early. Your, what's your playoff schedule like uh, for this player? Is he going against some buzzsaws? At his, is a wide receiver going against the best secondaries? Or does he have it open? There's like a lot of these minutiae that we always collectively, the four of us, do and, and when we're comparing things and doing our tiers and our rankings and weekly rankings. These are the things that you're, you're checking off in your mind, dog, week to week. It's like, what's going on here? You know, you got your to-go kind of criteria that make you decide things. What this step is for uh, Pyro and, and then for, for the audience as well is, is really denoting and keeping uh, a record of those things well, you can it. easily refer back to and if it's and one guy's if you're comparing apples to apples and these guys are dead even maybe there's some little sub criteria like playoffs or like strength schedule or like touchdown potential or whatever or, yeah that it'll make size. you change yeah. hand, 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 size. hand <laughs> size there you go there you that's, go that's it um I, I think one of the most important things and this kind of encompasses what you guys are talking about here one of the most important things about the offseason, especially right now, which is early, early offseason, 
is just to keep involved. Just, just realize the names that are being thrown around out there. That's all. You don't have to go in depth into anything. It's too much if you're year round just a study, 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 study. <laughs> At least Great. just keep like Roto World on on your on your phone. You know, just the, the Roto World app. And once a day for three minutes is all it takes. Just go through the you know, just go through the wire and look at the names and see what's being said out there. Like today, you could just you well, hear that uh, Oakland's going after Randall. I'm not Cobb. trying to make people That's go. Cra- I'm not trying to make people go crazy. What I'm saying is, I I want to get this done once now, and then it's done. I'm not pass. looking at it again until once free agents. Oh come yeah, through. no, I'm just saying. Then I'm not touching it again until after after the draft, and then I'm, then I'm waiting again until I see what's going on in in preseason. So it's not something that needs to be. Tweaking, you're tweaking and refining and polishing instead of starting. But not, but you don't have to get up every day and look at it for an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, no for, for sure. I'm just saying for like for the layman who who isn't like a, a full like straight on hardcore fantasy guy who just you know who plays every year but you know isn't. He's uh, gonna get beat by the people that probably, are doing the stuff we're telling him to do. Exactly that guy. But, <laughs> exactly, but the way to stay, at least be competitive and stay in there and. At least be on par with the guys. Is stay involved. You can't let a few weeks go by without looking at it because you will have lost out on so much information. It's it's. I can't even tell you how much information you'll lose out on in three weeks at a time. I've done it once before, and I remember coming to a podcast. It was about four or five years ago. Actually, it was right when we started out, and I took a vacation. I didn't look at anything for like two two weeks. I came back and I didn't know what you were talking about for the first half hour of the podcast. And I sat there and I listened. And I listened. I listened. I threw in my two cents, pretend like I knew what I was saying. Didn't know what I was saying. But, you know, you kept going and stuff. We finally started talking about something I knew about. But I'm telling you, you miss out on so much information just by not looking at something. Three minutes a day. Just well, no, I, have the, I have the Bleacher Report, NFL News. That's all you need. That's all you need. Something like that. Yeah. Exactly. A Roto World, a Bleacher Report, something just to give you a little bit of info every single day. Instead of tindering on the toilet, check out Rotor World. There you go. I'm, I, that, is, that, that hurts. That hurts. I gotta be honest. That hurts. You got me. You got Multitask, me. baby. Valverde <laughs> task. Next. Mr. Barlow, I have the blacks for the shirts. Blacks, Mr. Capulet, Mr. Parkman, now. I have Midnight Black, Raven Black, and Liquid uh, Black. Mickey was here with have black and blue black. 12 inches. Oh, way off. <laughs> well, I like, you know, I think dog's right. Stay on it every day. I think you're right as well. Get your tiers, get your rankings, get get a top list, get a, a target list of kind of what we would do early as we always call it the early as hell uh, sleepers and busts and start like just formulating guys you're are on your radar. We did that as one of our podcasts recently is hey, who who are the guys that are on your radar now? Who are some of the guys you're kind of intrigued by and you want to start diving deeper and paying attention to? Uh, doing all that kind of stuff now just makes it so, like you said, dog. You don't come back from a vacation, in this case, just not looking at it for a while, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, I got a lot of work to do. So much easier to incrementally chip away at things so that there's not like yeah, some thanks big Thanks for reminding me as I'm going away on vacation next week, and I'm going to forget everything. I'm going to come back like a moron. Well, <laughs> I, I will, I'll say two things. One, what you're talking about, like doing tiers and putting together a list of sleepers or breakouts or whatever, those are big tasks. You know, those are tasks that you do... You get you get them done. You have it down. You have it in your computer or on paper, whichever way you do it. 
and that's fine and it's done and you can you don't have to look at that every day. You can look, come back to that in a while, whatever. But what I'm talking about is something supplemental to it, just an everyday thing. Second, I was uh, totally lying. I have never not looked at sports for more than a day in a, a day in a row. Okay, but somebody does that. I know that there are people out there that don't look at sports every day, and I know how much you can miss over a few weeks. I, I know that you, uh, you know, even the guys, even you guys, I'm sure don't look at sports every single day or look at the road a while, look at everything. Hey Brian, Williams, on, Brian Williams, I think we're gonna have to suspend you for like for like a month from this podcast. You're giving bull. You're putting yourself in situations that you really weren't there. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, you can miss a lot, and j- it literally—it's a three-minute project every day while you're shitting. Tinder on the toilet. While you're, while you're t- what do you call it? Tinkering. Tinder, tinder on the toilet. Tinder. Right, I tindered while I was in rush hour traffic once, and then I realized <laughs> I was sitting there like, yeah, just like kind of over. And I looked to the right, and there's a chick totally checking me out. Not me, my phone. <laughs> Look at it. Oh my god, that fucking putz is tindering while we're in traffic. I'm like. All right, I'm basically part of the problem here. Do you know what Tinder is, dog? I, I do. I actually, I just realized what you guys are talking about. This there is that good mayhem world. commercial about hot or not on the freeway. So, so oh there's God. Def- God damn. That was a good one. Good times. Good times. <laughs> All right. Where are we at now? I, lost I thought track. you were hitting it. No, I want to hit it. Like you were, going, no, yeah, you were reaching for it. You were reaching Dogs, for it. Dogs, texting. I don't know. We fell apart there for a minute. You just downloaded Tinder. To be honest. Yeah, I was, I was checking out my Tinder. <laughs> I don't need them. To be honest, there, I, I, am, I was kind of staring across the way because it, sometimes when the light goes on over there, I get a little creeper peepers. <laughs> what up? <laughs> Hallelujah. Is that not? It's not talking about anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, know, about, uh, I know who you what we could talk about about yeah, 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 yeah. I like talking about that. What are people doing? I'm not getting loaded. What you have to do is change your habits. Yeah. Who have you been talking to? Mrs. Dugan. She's an expert. She had three husbands. They all got alcohol. She's no expert. She's a carrier. <laughs> All right, give me something this off season. You're doing stag party. You're you're not you're next, Dogmatica. What what's what's something that's up your sleeve that makes you great at this stuff? Already done like five mock drafts, and it's crazy to see some of the guys going in the second round right now. Uh, give me some examples. C.J. Anderson. Jesus. Uh, you know guys like that. I'm taking Hillman. I'm taking Hillman. <laughs> yeah. It, good. Take him in the tenth. Yeah. You, you might be Hillman. happier than C.J. Anderson in the second. That's one of those things we talked about, men on the other side of the committee. Uh, So, you know, just doing a couple mock drafts here and there, seeing where people's minds are at, seeing if I'm going to be able to get Latavius Murray and Travis Kelsey on the same team. Not very often. How? Where's Where's uh, Murray and where's Kelsey going? Murray Murray was going in like the fifth, sixth rounds, and Kelsey was sixth or seventh. Uh, I, I was a little. I'm a little disconcerned with that, even though I have Kelsey as uh, my fourth tight end right now in my tiers. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy. So you've been doing the mocks. I haven't done one yet. We talked about this a few weeks ago on the podcast, so just the fact that mocks are an important thing. We talked about them on a few podcasts lately. That it just I, I feel like that's a good way to know what people's value is and uh, get a get a lay of the land. So 
I, this week, will do a couple, uh, as I prepare my first round of tiers, I'll do a few uh, mock drafts, like you said. What's the best site for our, our audience here? Where do you do uh, mock drafts? What's the best ones out there for people to do this early in the game? It depends. Uh, I, I actually search mock drafts, and I'll kind of get a lay of the land in a couple different spots. So I'm just basically doing what everybody else is doing. I'm Googling early mock drafts uh, and trying to find out uh, where where everybody's at right now. Because it's not an easy thing to find. You can't really do them on Yahoo or ESPN where most sites are, ho- you know, most leagues are hosted. And now when you're doing a mock draft right now, you're in a room with 10 actual or 12 actual people that are doing them. That's what they tell me. <laughs> you're basically playing like but you're playing like uh, what's what's the card game the solid you're like playing solitaire fantasy football solitaire it's just beautiful mind all over again there's nobody there you just play with yourself nice work hey uh, adrian peterson went down on you and i'm playing with myself whatever hey i'll take my situation <laughs> Puppy pays better. Unless you're one of Warren Sapp's hookers. <laughs> um, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I do um, early in the offseason because it sets itself up for all the stuff that you need to do later on and understand later on. It's you've got to understand um, all the coaching changes. Because each team, not every team makes a coaching change, but the teams that do make coaching changes make them for a reason. And some of them make them for bigger reasons than others. But if they plan on changing full schemes and, and full approaches to the game, that makes a huge difference on what's going to happen with the players. A running back that was good one year might not be as good the next year because they're switching to a whole different scheme. Same thing with quarterbacks or running back or wide receivers or whatnot. And it, um, who they draft, it makes a huge difference in who they end up drafting and why they draft those guys. Uh, it... it, it you know, offensive linemen, who they end up bringing to the team, who they end up jettisoning, uh, it's, it, it makes a huge difference. So getting on top of the coaching changes early gives you a better idea of what teams are going to be like. And if you know what the teams are going to be like, you have a better idea of how the players are going to be. And you can't judge players without knowing exactly what the team philosophy is. So you've got to understand the team first before you understand the player. I mean, there are certain players that transcend all of it and they, they're going to do well no matter what situation they're in. But... There are others that will rise to the top and do a lot better. Justin Forsett is a great example. I don't and think his he own blocking scheme. Yeah, exactly. But it, you put him in a different scheme, in a different situation with a different, uh, you know, d- different offensive coordinator, and obviously the other guys he was running against, uh, Pierce and a rookie to Fierro. You know, it's obviously going to be a different situation. But you got to be on top of. The schemes that are going to be run, that has everything to do with the coaching changes and what happens. Which is also why it's really important to pay attention to not only just head coaching changes, but coordinator changes. Yeah, that's what I mean mostly. Yeah, because yeah, the coordinators, coordinators are the ones that are, that are doing all the, all the play calling. So now you go from a situation like here. Look at Baltimore as, as an example. Baltimore goes from a situation where Kubiak was calling the plays. Now they're bringing in Mark Tressman. So we saw what Tressman did with the Bears in his first year, and he had success there. You know, and then on the flip side, look at Kubiak going uh, back to to Houston. Uh, I'm sorry, to, uh, Denver. to Denver. Denver. And you go, okay, well now is here's the whole thing: is Kubiak though? It's he can't just be what Mark Trussman did in Chicago because all he did was focus on the on the offense as a, as a head coach. You need to be a head coach. So then it's looking at who is he hiring as coordinator? Is it going to be running his system? All these different types of questions, but how those systems work. As the Bears now go from Mark Trestman now to John Fox and Adam Gase, 
you know, this is probably going to be more of a run-oriented offense potentially first. Yeah. So, well, can, can the question the guy you talked about for set now? We know Tressman's there. We know that uh, Kubiak went over to Denver. What are your thoughts for Forsett for this season? I, it, well, the big question. I mean, does he get the sign there? Does he get? You know, I mean, does he end up being in Baltimore? Uh, it's, it's a good question. I mean, he might fit that that situational that somebody needs to catch the ball a bit. Uh, he can do that, but uh, does he follow he's Kubiak? Not great does he yeah, follow he's not Kubiak great in Denver? There's way too much competition in Denver. You can't go there. Uh, and I don't think Denver has, a lot of, lot of cheap salaries for him to yeah. He's going to ask for a little more money after having a season like that. He's going to ask for a little bit more money. I don't think Denver needs okay. to grab somebody like that. Yeah, exactly. Was that word pronounced Yeah, you did good. Yeah, <laughs> nice one. Nice <laughs> one. There you go, Stags. Hyperbole. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you guys want to play some hyperbole ball? There's a hyperball. You guys want to play some hyperball with my balls or what? <laughs> no, it looks like AP and uh, Winston are already down there. I don't want to get, I don't want to get in on the, the origin. AP? He's your boy. You lose a little baby better, all of a sudden you can speak again. Nice work, buddy. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? You got something? I mean, there's yeah. definitely a lot going on with these coaching changes. Yeah. And we're going to have a whole podcast in a few weeks dedicated to just the coaching changes and how they're going to affect certain players. But one of the most important things about that is if there's any history on a guy, finding it out in terms of you know run-pass splits. Uh, that's one of the things I pay the most attention to. And I like to see if they'll change their scheme for players or if these guys are sort of you know, stuck in their ways that they're going to run it 45% of the time and throw it 55% of the time no matter who's on their squad. And you know, one of the big questions is, is Trustman going to change the running scheme in Baltimore or is he going to stick with that zone sort of blocking scheme that works so well? Uh, and, you know... Him changing it is going to make a huge difference, seeing as how, you know, their difference in yards for carry from two years ago in a power blocking scheme to the zone blocking scheme was like over a yard and a half. Yeah. So it's definitely something you got to keep in mind. You know, it's just one of those crazy things that goes on in the NFL that you got to pay attention to. Absolutely. Well, like you said, we'll get into it in depth in a few weeks, and it, it makes sense to. It's it is early. It's I mean it's still February, but it definitely. It takes a whole podcast to really get through that. And, and it feels and, like February. Well, and also all these new coaches, yeah, all these new coaches are still evaluating the talent on their team. They have not seen any of these players in person. Yeah, so That's they true. haven't even worked them out. That's true. Well, they also don't know what new players are coming in. Either. Correct. It's a lot, a lot to go on. But that—that's well, my big thing—is what I was talking about: coaching changes, slash coordinator, and all that sort of stuff. Smart, smart. Well, one of the things I like to do is kind of in line with bitch slap, kind of uh, Houdini's piece that you do uh, four times a year, and kind of in, in line with guys that have burned you, kind of like you're on the, like, the ter- terrorists in the U.S., our homeland security, we got, we got the most wanted. What I like to do every offseason early is give myself a least wanted. Least wanted team. Teams that have bit, guys that have bitch slapped me, guys that have burned me, guys like Percy Harvin that are continually I go back to the well and overdraft and get under-delivered. I want to put together a list in the offseason of those guys. It's the least wanted. It's the guys to stay away from. It's almost a, hey, not yet, early in the game, but it's a list of these guys might not make it onto your tiers, just in general. We'll have them on our tiers and we show for you guys because we just don't want to have players that we hate. But on your own tiers, uh, not there, and you guys will be like, you missed somebody, uh, which happens. You're like, hey, where's uh, Calvin Johnson? And we're like, 
Sorry, we, we missed him. <laughs> I hate Calvin Johnson and have not drafted yeah, him. No, he's, no way is he, should he be drafted. But I like to do, it, let's call it the, if the FBI is most wanted list, it's, for me it's the FF, uh, FFBI least wanted list. And that would be fantasy football, been injured or insulted something instead of the uh, So are you going to like print out pictures and put these guys on your wall? And I got it up like, there. So yeah. that rewards them around a little rewards bit. Rewards for e- each of them. And how, negative how many rounds after the draft's over on when you should be willing to Too many openings right there. What? Oh, yeah. Pictures of the guys up on your wall. And rewards. All right. Yeah, that's cool. But yes, I'm doing that. It's going to be like a scene out of the dark... Four o zero forty or whatever that movie is. Zero These guys, whatever it is, <laughs> Dark Force zero. <laughs> so one of those one of those movies where the third in there, somewhere. where we throw terrorists. Is that a niner? Is that a niner? niner. <laughs> Truth is, this is what I like to do. This year, I'm going to put these guys. You need to. These are off your radar. Do you These have one? Have you do you have an example? An example uh, besides oh, Percy? Percy oh, for me, and it's crazy because he had a great postseason, but Edelman. I can't have Edelman. He just he, when I play him, he shits the bed. When I sit him, he gets a touchdown, hundred yards with nine catches. And if you're in PPR, it's a whole different deal. But I've had him in non PPR leagues, so he's a guy for sure. Uh, quarterback wise, I mean, I think there's a lot of guys we talked about that. Not that he's really someone you draft anyways, but I think RG three. You got. I'm staying away from him altogether. Locker. We've hoped that he would do something and come back. He's just kind of off the list. Other guys, Jared Cook. Uh, as a guy that everyone wants to want to look Darius Green for me. We've talked about him and doing something. Obviously, Krapernick is, is just a guy that we know three years ago was, was my, my probably my best call. And then the year after that was easily my worst call. I apologize to all of you as I have profusely many times before. He's out. You know, and there's a number of players like it's that. Put those, put those. I like him as a sleeper too yeah. again, which sucks. I'm, uh, if you're uh, Brian Williams, I'm Bill O'Reilly. All right. <laughs> here's the problem. I'm not going to get suspended because Fox is like, keep lying. Keep lying. We know you were there during the Emancipation of Proclamation. You're, 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 come on, let's do this. <laughs> Did you hear that? I'm just going to say one thing. There was one line that one of the people said about the Lady Gaga music. Do you hear about that? I was going to say that we didn't mention the... I don't want to say the word, and we're not going to, but read up Lady Gaga on Fox News and what one of the pe- person said about her version of the, uh, of the whatever. Sound of music. Uh, crazy, crazy that, that you can say that kind of stuff out there. It's insane. Anyway, sorry to get political. All right. Go for it. Terrorist list. A terrorist list? <laughs> no. Oh, Who, Matt, something else. Matt Asiata? I, I just can't call him right. You know, so I don't, uh, I don't want him anywhere near my teams. We need Houdini's. Uh, what do you say for your offseason? Well, biggest well, thing. Well, another one. Well, here's another one. I want the bitch slaps. Who are the? Who are the? Uh, oh, I don't care about my bitch slaps. I'm, I'm not. I don't put guys in in prison like that. I, I, I a few guys. He moves on. I, unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, because <laughs> a lot of times I'm stuck. Because I'm in keeper leagues, so it, it, you have to dissolve yourself of contracts, and sometimes it takes a year or two to do, to do that. So, yeah. um, but one of the things that I'm always looking for is I want to find those players that are worth taking risks on. Okay, and and I really, it's kind of like I'll, I'll make an analogy to baseball because there's a, there's a couple stats that I look at that I that were always like a key for me. So for for wide receivers, it's yards per reception. Your, your picture just went up on uh, D-Rex's wall, by the way, mentioning <laughs> baseball. 
Anyway, go on. <laughs> yards per reception and yards and yards highest reward and yards and yards per carry. Okay, same thing. You know, I haven't played fantasy baseball in three years or whatever. But when I used to play it, I'm I'm going on the waiver wire and I'm trying to find guys at pitcher. I'd always just start searching for who's got the best whip. Who are these guys that are just like always, you know, Aiders, high strikeouts sure. and, and low walks and, and they're and they're getting people out. And I want and the same thing when I'm looking for these guys who could, who could potentially break out. Now I, I, you get you you sort all the receivers by yards per catch, and you're going to see a couple of the guys that are real high, but they only have five or six, seven, ten catches. But then you see a guy who's got 25, 35 catches, and he's gotten that same type of production. Now that's a guy that starts to stand out to me because obviously they're, they're throwing him and targeting him enough to know that okay, this guy makes some big plays. Can you now then you got to start looking deeper and, and projecting them going further because the risk guys for me are house guys, guys that can. Take it to the house at any point in time that they're going to be undervalued because they're they're just not targeted as much, but they can. So it's almost like a deep sleeper, too. Uh, but they're worth taking a, a shot on as opposed to the guy who is that steady guy toward, this toward the end of your draft when you're looking for your last couple guys to fill out in that roster. I want a couple boom potentials. I don't want that guy that's just average Is boom points. more a long touchdown or uh, touchdown per catch? Or is it just target based? Which which kind of guy are you more interested? I, I, I mean, obviously, I want I want a combination of the both. I want the highest receptions or targets with the highest yards per catch, because then you know, obviously, once the guy starts getting targeted more, so you want the unicorn. Well, you want the chick it, with the smart, yeah. totally cool, lets you do what you want, has a great rack and a great ass, and, and has let, sex and with you every morning. In there, yeah, there let, him put, let, him, <laughs> let him go. Anyway. I want, I want the whole nine yards. Yes, I want the, yes, want want the, the whole kit and caboodle. You want them to take the whole nine yards too. All right, I, I will tell you that there, you gotta. I think you gotta add on to what you're looking for too, and that is the. Uh, well, no, those the, are just the two main focus points for that. Yeah. How about a guy like, uh, well, uh, Charles Johnson? He was one of my. Big guy at the beginning of last year, his his intangible, the things that he had outside of football, he, he was six, six three, you know, two ten, two fifteen, ran like the wind, but had you know the problems. Same thing with Crowell, he had everything that you wanted in a guy, but had the problems on the side. Not if only the that, problems go away. Those guys are studs. True, and but that's here, what you got to. Here's the other. Here's another part that's another. on my on my criteria for it, and you just hit it with those two guys. Be on teams that don't have a lot of other talent around you. There you go. Okay, and those are both teams. Mm-hmm. Minnesota for the wide receiver position. Why he was Actually, able to step out, up? It was Cleveland. Actually, to, to be honest, for Charles Johnson, right. started out with Green Bay, right. yeah. and then went to Cleveland, and then went to. Uh, but but where he had his opportunity, you know, that's being, being, being there. And the same thing for Crowell. The reason he had the opportunity was because he was in Cleveland. Yep. So. That's another big part. So look, you're, you're, you're defining it. I, I start with those things because I want to see who are the guys that are stepping out. Then I want to look at who are they surrounded by. Because, again, it's like I mentioned earlier when we're talking about handcuffs. That was the, one of the other big things is you want to handcuff the right guy. You want the guy that has the potential to play, not the guy that's just strictly a handcuff for injury. Yeah, agreed. Fully agreed. It's awesome. I think those, those, are, those are awesome points. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. Um, I, we do learn things ourselves here. Uh, every time we do the podcast, I'm not just uh, messing up names for no reason. Hyperbole. I'm learning stuff. I'm learning from you guys. Appreciate it. There's two minutes. Are you okay? You got to stay still, okay? You got to stay still, okay, kid? You got to stay still. Kid, you got to stay still. Auntie, have you ever seen a face like that before? No, no. 
But I did I remember it. Okay, Effie. I'm gonna get a real good picture now, okay? Look at him. He's got my eyes. He's got my nose. And my sympathy. All right. We want some wallet-sized pictures, too. This kid won't fit no wallet size. Make him good pictures. My wife's very particular. <laughs> and what about you, John? <laughs> He's very particular, too. <laughs> Surprised you married each other. All right. Look, I'm tired of keep telling you the same thing. You gotta stay still, all right? I, I'll tell you what. Look, Anthony, I'm gonna make a deal with you, okay? Anthony. Come here. Pay attention. Okay, I mean, come here. You gotta stay still. We wanna get a good picture, Anthony. We gotta stay still. We wanna get a good picture, Anthony. Stay still. 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 Stay Shut the fat little bastard up! <laughs> what the fuck just happened? You can say it was Anthony. You can say it was Anthony. And he was fidgeting. That was so on point. Why, why was there a bed squeaking when he's like, stay still, little no, kid? He's, on, he's, on, he's, on, he's on a rocking horse. He's on a rocking horse. Stay still, little kid. Stay still, little kid. Like, without the context of seeing this movie, that was a really fucked up clip. I just want you guys to know. That's great. I love it. I love it. So, uh, you gotta see that movie, Easy Money. That's I mean, friggin' hilarious. I was fucking awkward. Anthony, I was really to, just to, Anthony, I was really confused about what was happening there for a while. <laughs> so the movie, uh, the, he's a he's a photographer of kids. He, he takes little kids' uh, pictures. That's why. How old are you, little girl? I'm this. Call me, lend you this. <laughs> oh god. Does he make like an 18 size? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, dog, give us uh, give us some insight on some other things that make you dog Matica and fantasy football and things you're doing in the offseason that can help others. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. Dini, you give me something. But you got, if I don't mean to put yeah, you on the I mean, spot, I mean, just I mean, throw, I mean, throw, I know we've got our list, throw some stuff out. If not, uh, I can I can try and do something. Here's what I'll say. I'll do one thing. Go ahead. Some, something that I think people do all the time is they draft a team that was the best team in the league two or three years ago, or even last year, and I think you have to have a degree of insight, and you have to have a degree of, hey, this is, this, what happened in the past, past three seasons, is not what's going to happen, and I made the mistake this year of going by Drew Brees in his last five years, where he was scoring essentially 500 points in one of my league, when I knew that Aaron Rodgers was going to have the better season. And it's it's something where you well, just but gotta, you also had a love affair with Brandon Cooks, which kind of helped uh, probably did. put you in that. Probably direction. did. There was there was there was there was there were many many re- for sure. Well, you know what? That, that almost, that's almost another thing too. You, you, you and, I, and I liked Eddie Lacy enough that I thought he was going to eat into the situation up. But there was just it was it was stupid of me to think that. But I, I I'm thinking overall, I, I just want to make sure that I'm not drafting teams, and I'll let you go on drafting teams that were awesome in the rearview mirror. You gotta find the guys, the right guys at the right moment. Some of the guys that are gonna have a renaissance season, that are older, that are gonna reshine again. But also, you gotta find the new guys. And if you're drafting based on last year's stats or two years ago, or the best guy at a position over the course of the last six years or whatnot, sometimes you really miss opportunities that are gonna happen now. I'll that are call gonna it set this. the tone now. Infatuation drafting. You're infatuated by what he did 
all those couple years ago, and so now you're just you're you're you're, you're projecting it on there because you want it so bad, because you like the guy, because you you had him on your team when you did well. You know that happens for a lot of people too. For listeners, I'll let you go on a minute. Watch the Rod Stewart uh, video on YouTube for the song Infatuation. Love that girl. Who's right. that girl in that? Infatuation. She was so hot. <laughs> she was from American Graffiti. She was basically it was like the hottest yeah. thing from American Graffiti. And then she was kind of this hot little... Oh, God, she was hot. Nice. Sorry, I'm old. But check it out. You might like it, fellas. Well, that was basically what I was saying. It's It's... it's when qualify how you fall in love with a guy, right? Don't just fall in love with a guy without having any type of research or, or anything to back it up. Because, you know, you do that, and then you end up having Percy Harvin on all your teams last year. Oh, I had him on. So I'm, I'm telling you, I, I took that one in the teeth. I got curb stomped on that one. And, uh, oh, and uh, oh, whenever I hear God. that word, it just causes curb me intense God. pain yeah. in my mouth. So me too. Actually. It doesn't <laughs> help one. The curb it's, stuff. It's, it's, did Ovechkin, <laughs> did Ovechkin the guy from the D, uh, Washington uh, hockey team, did you think he got curb stomped? I think it's called hockey. Yeah, that, that <laughs> has something to do with it. Like yeah. Eating a couple pucks. But yeah, I think that, that that's something for me. It's like, don't draft the all-team from two or three years ago. Find a, a, a rejuvenated player like a Steve Smith this year who at the beginning of the season could have done you right. Uh, you know, I think uh, obviously the same thing you can go for Gates, a guy that came back and had a renaissance at the beginning of the season. I think... Uh, whatever the guy on Witten did pretty good down the stretch. Get some of those older guys, but be a foresight guy. Look into the future. Be a guy that's going to get the next hit instead of taking yesterday's news. R- rookies are starting to make a lot bigger of an impact in the NFL than than, than they used to. Obviously, I mean Houdini, who who was the MVP? Who was the uh, best wide receiver? What twenty or fifteen years ago had only two Carl Pickens. Carl Pickens. Pickens. That's it. Do we do one Carl Pickens like mention a podcast? Twenty six catches, three hundred twenty five yards, and a touchdown. That's right, baby. And that was probably the twenty sixth rookie receiver this year's numbers. Pretty much. Do do yourself a favor because not a lot of people do it. And I'm, I guarantee you, if you're in a twelve man league, maybe only three or four do this. Figure out and find out and learn about the rookies coming into the league this year. Because not only will you understand them for this draft. But you'll understand them a lot better for the years to come. Get on top of the game now. If you start learning about these rookies now, you'll learn who's going to actually make an impact and who isn't. Who's going to actually be somebody you want to look for to make an impact two or three years down the line. Maybe they got drafted into a bad situation where they're going to end up being the fourth receiver and never see the field. And two years from now, when two guys leave in free agency, you'll know about him. And you'll know how good he was and how much, uh, how much potential he has and how much he's going to be a star now that he's going to be a starter. Learn about that stuff now. So it, it, not only does it save you time in the future, but you understand things for this draft that half of your league doesn't know. Right. The other thing, too, is, and, and again, don't fall prey like I do sometimes with rookies by overdrafting and taking yeah, and too many overdraft. rookies. That's true. So the, the other thing is, if you are, like I said again, this year is really deep, I think, at wide receiver. I think there's going to be a bunch of wide receivers that are going to have good years this year as rookies. But there's going to be a, a bunch of them, probably half of them, that are going to do the same route that happened to a Trey Mason, that happened to um, uh, a Martavis Bryant. They're not going to play for the first five weeks or six weeks of the season. So this is where it's important where 
You know, that's why you don't want to jump on all those guys. Let the other guys draft them. They're going to drop them after two weeks. And you got to keep all these guys on a scout uh, wire and just keep watching and find out when they start practicing more with the team. And then you grab them then. Yep. Grab them before they play because we always talk about it. And that's why we, we always will give you our breakout guys to, to come out. Like, watch out. Grab this guy now because in two weeks he's going he's gonna to cost you a fortune. You can get him for nothing. That cost you any of your waiver wire position. You know, that's what a lot of these rookies end up happening. And but it's but it's don't jump on it so early. Just keep your eye on it because they will explode mid-season. A, a way to watch, keep guys on your radar, will be Pyro Pro. Holla at your boy. Stags, you're getting loud over there with that can. What happened to the? How many of those have you had today? Fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> I do like your energy, considering you're not even. You're, Stags is not doing true Valverdeine, but his energy is as if he's on his 14th Valverde. You're an impressive guy. Unless you're taking drugs, I, I don't know where you get the energy. My, my drug is called Monster. This is ridiculous. But Daddy, jogging's good for you. Yeah, thanks to jogging, more people than ever are dropping dead perfect health. <laughs> you know, I gotta go to the gym after this, so I That's can't, true. can't be having no Valverdes. Smart. Stags might, uh, Stag Party might have to miss the end of this show uh, for a training session. I like it. Respect to the Indians. I like it. Anything else you got for, um, we can't, I mean, we're, we're, we're going to finish the podcast this early. Well, I, I mean, okay, here's the other, here's another one I can give you too. It's, it's, you had already mentioned it, saying where guys like CJ Anderson were going in mock drafts. It's the guys that blew up last year, all of a sudden get well overdrafted the next year. Okay. Cause you're projecting, oh, it's all going to keep growing and growing and growing. You know, that's what happened with the housing bubble, and then look what that look what that left on everybody. So hyperbole. Hey, <laughs> uh, you want to not? You know, sometimes it's like when you have like your most wanted guys. These are almost guys that are going to be kind of like that. You're going to have them on there and say, you know what? I'd love to have this guy, but I just know that he's going to go a round or two rounds before I'm willing to take him, and I'm going to let somebody else jump up on him. Right? You know, you want to get the guys that that. Uh, that overperform and they're undervalued than the guys that are overvalued and underperform. Yep, it's true. Are we going to do, um, I think we'll put it up on the site, but we'll do our first version of tiers that I think we all... By April 1st, I think we had to have them all in. Right? Yeah, I so. say we do it a little bit earlier than that just to have some fun. Stag's party, you already got yours done, but let's... let's pew, uh, pew, 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 Anderson? Right around 10 or 12. Yeah, you'll be on high. He finished, he, finished, he finished 10th after how many games played, you know? I think he's a moron on that call, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, at this point, there's no... Peyton May is coming no back. And, you know, Ronnie Hogan and, and Monty Ball could get hit by a bus while having sex in a Fiat or something. You know, Fiat? What is that? Like a mix between a Fiat and a Taco Bell dish? Bell Verde. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Rose. Hey, kid, where is it? Oh, yeah, Nick. What are you playing, Mozart? Scales. Scales, huh? Never heard of it. Why, where do you like C.J. Anderson? Or do you not like him at all? No, I, you know what? I mean, I, I've watched him play, and he does do pretty well in that system, but he's, he's not the guy. He's interchangeable. You know, if he starts to fall off a little bit and Ronnie Hellman starts bringing it on or Monty Ball happens to bring it on, at this point, it's, there's no way to tell. It's February, and the season just ended a couple, a few weeks ago or whatever. 
And there's no way to really tell if he ends up with a starting job and he's the no-question starter. Then, yeah, he's definitely up there. For sure, he's definitely up there, but I just don't see that happening. Denver's I mean, never was, even been a team that's ever defined a number one running back, ever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... it's Remember how high... I mean, I, had, I got burned I, on Monty Ball last year. I'll tell you that, and, and I think a lot of people got burned on, on Absolutely. I've got, you, you guys had top five. I think yeah. we all pretty much agreed that it was top five to eight. So, you know, I'm a little bit tempered on my expectations of C.J. Anderson. But, you know, top ten running backs aren't what they used to be. I agree. You know, finishing tenth at the running back scoring is not that hard. Which is why like you shouldn't be running after running backs. It's like yeah. 900 That's yards true. and That's 10 true. touchdowns, I test you know? for me. I test for me. Hillman looked better in game time play. Just eye test. Hillman looked unbelievable. Obviously, he did look really good. Anderson had great games and did did excellent too. But just watching the players, I mean, Hillman looked amazing. They then fit. all of a sudden he got hurt. He was the pickup of the year and crushed it for three weeks. Then got hurt. CJ filled in amazingly, obviously. But but CJ also started. To, CJ also started to break down as he was getting all those tons of carries for Which the three weeks sense. in a row. But Peyton Manning was breaking down, so it can't. It's not like Peyton Manning was providing the help he needed. You know, Peyton Manning, he's coming back, right? That's the word on the street. He hasn't made an official announcement or anything. Yeah. But the Broncos are now expecting. That's got to be like your new thing, stag party. Word on the street. Word on the street. Hey, hey. I got my ears closer to the street than you old folks. It's true. <laughs> uh, that's why we we love we love you for it. We love my, you. For my, it. My, I'm close when I'm yeah. getting curb stomped. I'm pretty close <laughs> to the street. <laughs> Stop saying that word. It literally gives me pain. Oh yeah. Good literally. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, any other, uh, any other... Oh, here's a Kleenex. Valverde! Valverde! My God, it's Mother. She's back from the dead. She's better than Houdini. No way! No, you no know way. way! Houdini, she ain't better than your buddy. Nobody's better than Houdini. Um, <laughs> any guys got a, any other uh, kind of off-season strategies that you want to do, or should we... Uh, Continue forward to shutting this thing down. We can talk a little bit quickly about our draft kit um, if we want. Do you guys have anything else that you want to mention as far as offseason uh, spring to-dos? I, 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 no, I, I really don't, but I, I do want to re- reiterate. Just get the Roto World app or get something from Bleacher Report where you get something sent to you. Just Literally, I'm not kidding you, two to three minutes every day, and you'll just, you'll it'll sink in whether you're actually reading what you you know is in front of you or not just the names going across the screen is enough sometimes but i mean read a few things obviously but just stay on top of it 2 minutes a day it's really nothing it's and obviously while, while you're tinder we're slow we're slowing up on our content just for the moment cuz for once we wanted to you know have kind of an off season but uh, behind the scenes, we're not really because we're prepping for Pyro Pro. We're prepping for our draft kit, which our first version is going to be out the first week of April, which is earlier than we've ever done it before and probably too earlier uh, in general. But we just want to use that kind of cue and that piece to help with this launch of Pyro Pro. And we're just excited. We kind of have a, 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 a enough people in the mix now where, you know, you've been with us since... If you've been with us since our early episodes four years ago, um, you know, the way that Staggs has stepped up and done a bunch of stuff and helped out uh, Dogmatica and, and Houdini and I and just uh, bringing in other bodies and other people that have reached out to us and are now 
working their way towards being, you know, just bona fide components of the pyro offering. Guys like Mo, uh, OC, Horvath, uh, killing it for us as well. It's just nice to have some more bodies in the mix. And what we're doing is we're putting that work and getting stuff done the way we were talking about in this podcast. Getting it going early. Getting it going early and refining it. And it's a, it's a, it's a growing document. It's a changing landscape. But instead of us waiting until April, till after the draft, and uh, to start doing all of our stuff in the draft kit, our tiers and stuff, it just seems like then there's just a ton of work and this big explosion of, fuck, we got a ton of stuff to do in the offseason. Uh, instead, we're, we're ahead of the game. We've been that way for the last few seasons, but now we got more power, and that's fucking awesome because we all deserve it to have more guys and bodies in the mix, real smart fantasy football minds. Those are the only ones that we're having. Bringing along with us on this journey, so ex- exciting, exciting stuff. And the, this draft kit, as you know, if you bought it before, is awesome. It's pretty much nothing touches it. Uh, Dogmatica has created uh, a, 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 just an airtight, impenetrable, awesome, awesome, awesome piece of content that we put out every year, and it's, it just helps people win championships. Uh, so, you know, see, amen to you on, on, on the way that that template and everything has been, and it's just amazing. Stag Party's brought in a, gr- a lot of great elements and new tabs and whatnot. It's great that this year we got other people, some other people helping us with our pros and cons. Uh, notoriously the elephant in the room uh, that we usually were doing at the very, very end because we had to, and uh, just now we've got more pros and cons done by it's even by even March than we probably used to have by about May. July. Yeah. <laughs> I usually bring a bat when I come to that room yeah. or a flamethrower. We just I hate, hate that elephant. It's like, yeah, um, do you want to do this? Uh, no, okay, let's give out a list of these. So, amen, Stags. Thanks for uh, spearheading some of that stuff and just awesome things. I'm excited to see Dogmatica's strength of schedule, something we're going to be talking about on a future podcast. We won't be able to go in from a week to week basis, but I think next week's podcast, if we make it two weeks from now's podcast, will be a, a lot founded on the strength of schedule now that we kind of have the schedule known who these teams are going to play because you know as far as an offering that we put out for Pyromaniac and then I'll shut up and let you guys talk about that strength of schedule really focuses in and, and pinpoints a lot of great things for players when you're looking into the foresight and into the future what could happen um and that strength of schedule is is, is big I can have uh, overall strength of schedule. Overall. Yes, because you know week to week. all the teams that everybody's going to play, but you obviously you can't have week to week. You don't know the week the weekly schedule yet. But yeah, um, that that could be come up with within a week or two, and we'll talk about it. And it, it's it's always interesting every year because there's always a few guys that you're like, holy Stick shit, out like sore thumbs. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has the easiest passing schedule in the league this year. No number, shit, <laughs> number one draft pick. Is that the case for this year? Oh, I, no. I'm not saying right. that at all. Two no, years no. ago, it was Peyton Manning. It, it, we know. Yeah, two, yeah. Last year, the easiest was Ryan Tannehill, who finished, what, seventh? And yeah. we were higher on them than on him than anybody else. Yep. So the, the, the way the things that come out and rise to the top from strength to schedule before games, before knowing the draft, it's just, it becomes obvious if uh, a great passing team and great receivers are going against an easy strength to schedule for defensive backs and people against the pass. Um, move them up, you know. It's 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 it, there's or, no or an up and comer who has maybe struggled thus far. All of a sudden, has the easiest schedule and is put into a good situation. You know, obviously, shoots up your charts. And all, all every factor plays into it, and we'll get it all for you. 
It's it's sick. It's awesome. So, all right. I think that's it, man. We've got a lot of great things going. We Houdini, enjoy your trip. Houdini you. is going on Big a nice time. Mexican trip with his lady uh, this weekend. Mexican Very- trip? I've had mushrooms like that. <laughs> hey, we all, we all have. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Houdini got some. Go. Houdini might have some peyote in his backpack on yeah, this trip you somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, enjoy your trip. I'm going to be going on a trip next week, so we're going to have to figure out how we're doing next week's podcast. If we miss it, we'll catch up. Uh, but, uh, amen, you know, I think we're going to have to do it either Monday or Tuesday. The three of us, he'll be out. But uh, just fire it up. Enjoy your trip. Hope you've been enjoying a little bit of time off and, yeah. and, and just, like, separating ourselves from some football. I know all of us have. I know all of us have been – you've been working probably the, the most lately, and we appreciate that, Stag Party. Uh, it's been nice to get away for all of us. And um, But – it's been even better to get back into the pyro mix for you guys. Houdini, nice work. Amen. Stag party, what do you guys say? Uh, CJ Anderson averaged five more fantasy points a game than Ronnie Hillman in games that he was a starter. All right. They Standard. also switched. They also switched to a running scheme more because Peyton, Peyton Manning and up Dead Duck Arm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lame Duck. Yeah. So five extra. So that's Dag Party and that's Dogmatica. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like it. I like it. And uh, we're gonna close out the monophonics again. Uh, opened up with Goliath was the name of the tune. Uh, this is in your brain, and apparently Stags and Dog Party, uh, Dog Stag Stagmatica and Dog Party are in each other's brains. <laughs> Dog
me he's old. He's just coming and browse. Uh-huh. May I help you? No, thank you. Just browsing. Hey, what do you got in this place? Antiques? No, those are the customers. May I help you? Oh, no, thanks, sir. Just browsing. How long do you intend to browse? Well, that lady there. You don't ask her how long she intends to browse. How come you're asking us how long we intend to browse? You don't look like browsers. No, what do browsers look like? Yeah, maybe I'm half browser. On his father's side. Nevertheless, I prefer that you do not browse any longer. Yeah, well, it's a free country. Yeah, if these people can browse, we can browse. Hey, yeah, Nikki, let's show the lady where browsers, huh? Hey, look at us, we're browsing, hey. Hey, hey, ducks in heat. <laughs> hey, folks, better keep browsing, she'll kick you out of here. Hey, look at us, we're browsing. Is this an odd or an end? Hey, lady, if I buy two odds, will you show us your end? <laughs> Security! Security! <laughs>